Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Only two rounds to go until we hit the final series, and what a crazy round that was. Uh, Brock joining us again via the mobile phone. How you doing, champ? Good, buddy. How you doing? A uh, bit 50-50. I just have to apologise to everyone out there immediately. If my voice breaks or sounds a bit awkward today, I'm still battling the old man flu, but uh, had a million anti-colds, so hopefully the throat holds up. Oh, you'll be all right. She's all good. You're right. You've got you got a bit of anger to work work with today, anyway. So why is that? Melbourne last night that would have made you angry. Uh, that just made me sick. That's probably why I feel worse again now. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't too very good, but nah, it was very disappointing. Uh, but I suppose kicking things off, uh, we've got the fan forum questions still stewing. Uh, I had a look at there before. There's a fair few, but we'll do the fast five and get to those questions. So highlight, low light, best and worst from that round, and the questions. What was your highlight? Uh, the underdogs. I love the underdogs. I've been saying it for weeks that uh, you cannot cannot expect your team um, to have easy matchups against these teams at the bottom because on one side, uh, you know, you've got the, the good sides or the sides that are looking to secure spots in the top four, top eight that are very cautious, um, and then you get these teams at the bottom that are very free-flowing and carefree. So um, the dogs, you know, even though that was a massive upset, still... Um, a lot of people jumped back on the South bandwagon last week. They were impressive. They didn't just beat South. They hammered South. They were, South Sydney were never in that game. Um, obviously, the Eels doing a job on Manly at Brookvale, which is no easy task. Um, and Newcastle last night, I thought Newcastle were outstanding. Um, they, they bashed Melbourne up. They did a Melbourne on Melbourne. Well, I'm with you in particular and most importantly on that Dogs game. And I think you'd remember I got a bit... Uh, angry last week because a few people straight away after one win were going, oh, you've laid the boot in. Well, that's why. Yeah, one week's not enough for me to justify um, them all of a sudden as a premiership threat, and then the Bulldogs just ran an absolute train on them. So yeah, I'm still not. I'm still not completely sold on the Bulldogs just because um, of their half situation. But they're definitely. I think now, like if I, taking into account all the injuries and everything that's happened over the weekend, I'd now probably rank them fourth if I was if I had to rank the teams from one to nine the, the teams that are left um, in contention obviously Manly are very slim chance now but they still are a chance um, so there's nine teams still uh, that can make the top eight I, I'd have the dogs fourth I, I'd say or, or round about that well, mark I said to you on the weekend when I was doing my commentate and I did power rankings and uh, that was before the injuries happened I still have the Roosters at number one, um, you know, even with those losses, just purely on the rest of their roster, it's still pretty much ridiculous. The Broncos at two, 
with the Cowboys situation now, they're saying Morgan's going to be out for two weeks, but uh, knowing people have had syndesmosis in the past, I reckon that's a pretty uh, it's a pretty slim assessment. I reckon he's going to need at least a month. So in that case, they're basically going to have to make week three of the finals, I think, to get Michael Morgan back. So I reckon the dogs are almost number three or number four, like you're saying. I reckon they're right in the mix now after what happened on the weekend. Yeah, well, I think the Cowboys have got some options there to cover um, in the halves, obviously. Morgan to six um, has only really happened this year, hasn't it, really? Well, because they, that's, they that's... played without Coot last season, so... Yeah, but that kind of ruined him in the end. It's as big of a deal as what people are making out. Um, however, it is a significant loss. I think it hurts because, to be honest, he never was a fullback. He was a makeshift fullback who's played six his whole life and... Um, getting Coop back obviously made a hell of a difference, and they've got a number nine, so they had all the pieces. But you take him out yeah, of there. Rob, 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 Rob Louis, whatever people think of Rob Louis, he's no mug. I'd you know, go right. No he's played in, he's played in big games, and uh, he's been there and done it before. So I'd go Ray Thompson uh, to be honest. Yeah, well, him, him as well, and he's the same. They can slot him in, you know. Whereas you look at the Roosters, for example, they've got someone totally untried and tested in Jackson Hastings. So. I think Cowboys probably have a, not a luxury, but they're, I think they're better uh, better left to deal with um, the loss of Morgan than what someone, uh, you know, in comparison, someone like the Roosters, who um, so I think Hastings has a lot of potential, but he's unproven on the big stage. Yeah, well, we'll go into more detail about these kind of questions once we get through our questions, but my highlight, it's funny how we usually seem to be on the same page, was... Uh, basically the same thing, the upsets, but I had it written as value for the punters because there was one bloke on our page who had a three-leg multi. Um, he had the head-to-head for the Titans, Newcastle, and Parramatta, and I think he won something like $1,300. So he's a brave man, but it so paid what off. Did he, what did he have? He had Titans, Newcastle, Power. He had all the outsiders. Power were like $7. I think Newcastle were at least 5 and the Titans were about 360 before kickoff. So he had all three of them head-to-head. Well, obviously, I can't gamble, and I, you know, so I have no interest in it. But Sandy Hunter actually sent us a tweet last night saying, "I wonder if anyone got eight out of eight, like a full round in the nah. picking." And obviously, I can't, I can't tip either. So, mm, well, um, I was obviously, I was um, with the majority. That that much, and it didn't cross my mind. But um, I did say to her, if anyone can prove they got eight out of eight, inbox the page, we'll, we'll give them a prize. So, if anyone out there got eight out of eight and you can prove it, um, we'll happily give you a hundred dollar bonus bet for William Hill. Well, I'm pretty sure most people would be on my bandwagon. I got the first five right, and then I got the last three wrong. Uh, Gossip uh, was four from eight, but yeah, probably that was... Some people would have tipped Souths like he did. I went the Bulldogs. I thought it was going to be a bash-up, and uh, thanks to William Hill, I had a bit of a pun on that one myself. That that, that was a bit of a win, but uh, I can't remember the name. I'd have to look on our page again, but yeah, that's a a hell of a pun. I think it was Tor. He was his name. He had that three-leg multi, so... Value for the punters coming through there. Um, my other highlight was Valentine Holmes chasing down Luke Brooks. That was absolutely outstanding. Boy, yeah. Yeah. He had, a, he had an amazing game. He's got a um, fair really, set of really wheels. Uh, but if we're going to oh, move on exactly. to your low light, who? what was your low light? Well, just the injuries. Oh, I don't like the fact that uh, I think this is the first time in a long time that I've seen that many injuries occur in a weekend. Um, and it looks as though it's going to de- determine the premiers. Like it's funny how often injuries dictate who wins the comp, uh, and it looks like again it's going to happen again this year. So uh, if you go through year to year, uh, the two real X factors are obviously, well, three X factors are momentum, 
injuries um, and, and defensive record. So the Roosters have still got by far and away the best defensive record in the competition. I still think um, they've got they the best side. the loss of those two is another story. I know they're huge losses, but I still think they've got the best side. And I use the example of when Paul Gallen went out a couple of years ago for the Sharks, everyone threw their arms up, and I said I thought they'd do better because he just seems to... It's almost like people don't get a, didn't get a crack with him there, and then all of a sudden we saw the emergence of Andrew Fafita at a massive year and Wade Graham, and since then they've been more prominent parts. They've kind of come to the fore. On the weekend, you've got to remember that you've got guys like Napa, who was in an origin camp, Evans, who's come in. Tokiaho has probably been... He would have been rookie of the year if he hadn't played previously, I reckon, but he's not eligible. Layu's been there since the grand final year, and both their back rowers are internationals in Guerra and yeah, Cordner. they're not... They're not- Warrior Hargraves. Like I know they're not Warrior Hargraves, but then they're going to get Mole back, who's uh, another Kiwi international. So if you want to talk yeah, about the forward not, pack in general, not his presence... I, I don't know. I, I just want to say it. It was easier to cover it on the weekend because they started the game with him. But, yeah, they also you know, won with 15. I, I, don't, I don't think you're really going to see the effect until they get into a preliminary final, grand final. That's um, when That's when you, you're going to need him. I think, they, I think you're right. I think they can get through potentially to a preliminary or a grand final, but uh, it may not have an effect. They may still be able to win the comp, but it certainly put a big dent in their chances. Um, and depending on how long Pierce is out, may dictate um, whether they can actually get to a preliminary final. Like, if he's out until um, week three of the finals or even the grand final, like it's going to be a struggle for him just to get there. I'm with you, but you want to talk about strength of squad. On paper, they're still a lot better well, equipped than no, yeah. other sides. I think it's, you know, you lose an origin half and you lose... Um, the best front row in the game at the moment. Um, they're two big holes to fill. So I'm not saying they can't do it, but I think, you know, you all had the Roosters penciled into the grand final. It was just a matter of who they played. But now I think it's opened it right up, opened the competition right up, as has a Morgan injury. Well, I think they'll take a hell of a lot of confidence, and I would, if I won that game with 15 players, basically, after 15 minutes they were down to and they got the job done with a young half and without Rory Hargraves and they beat the Broncos who are probably the second favourites so I'm not saying they're sitting there right now beating their chest going we're a guarantee but if you want anything to reaffirm the fact that they're a good enough side to get the job done um, they proved it to me and I'm still with them and they bombed opportunities as well if Guerra's forward pass which I didn't think was forward and Ferguson learns how to put the ball down after he somehow beats about a thousand tackles did the hard part but can't do the easy part uh, that, that result's probably 30 points instead of being so close but um, I've got a fair bit of confidence I want to buy some stock in the Broncos they're the team at the moment I want to buy some stock in them well as far as health Uh, and the fact that he's going to rest the next two weeks I'm happy about that because I said a couple of weeks ago that I'm not I'm surprised that he hasn't but he basically come out and said we're top three we're not moving anywhere we've got two chances anyone that I feel is not healthy or in need of a rest before the finals we're not going to take the risk so uh, Wayne Bennett's definitely doing the smart thing and they're going to have a very good chance come finals for them. Yeah, I want to buy some stock in them. They're, they're sliding under the radar a little bit. The, the dog's the other one for me. Like I said, I know you're not as sold on it, but I think to me they're the biggest benefactor now out of what happened over the weekend, uh, along with the Broncos. But um, I'd still have... Well, the... Damien, cool. well, we're going to talk about it later anyway. Yeah, we'll talk about that. And uh, my low light was exactly the same, so we don't need to touch on that again. Morgan, Inglis, Tarmow, Ray Hargraves, Pierce, just so many big names. Um, for big sides injured before the finals. But what about your best of the round, player or team? Uh, the Knights. I thought they were the best. Yep. Um, they were clinical last night and uh, they look passionate and they look happy. Uh, they just they look happy. But you know, it's easy, easy for them to get happy at the moment because they're 
they're not really playing for anything apart from you know that mateship and uh, passion for the club. But Danny Bedirus deserves a pat on the back because he's I think he's just simplified things and um, they're they're playing good footy. They they went right after Melbourne last night, um, and it's the first time in a long time I've seen Melbourne you know out physical and outworked and out um, enthused in a lot of areas. So a big tick in the box for Newcastle. Yeah, well, I was gonna. Going to say similar, maybe a Newcastle. Then I thought I'm only going to talk about the teams that are probably finals relevant. Uh, with that being the case, I thought the Dogs were my best of the round. I was very impressed with them, but I also couldn't uh, steer away from the fact, like I said, the Roosters lose Pierce and Maria Hargrave 65 minutes with only two on the bench. Um, they still won that game. I thought the, the scoreline didn't reflect uh, how they played, and they lost Evans also for probably the last 20 minutes there and had one left on the bench, so... They were the two most impressive of the weekend for me. But what about your worst? And I think it's probably going to be the same as mine. Um, the Raiders. Uh, I thought the Titans completed just over fifty percent. That was an awful game, um, plain and simple. It was. Ter- I couldn't like when I heard the result. Like cause I didn't see the game live. I heard the result. I thought, oh, that's awesome, you know. And then I thought, oh, I'll go home and watch it. And man, I I didn't watch much of it. I I fast forward through a lot of it and. I couldn't believe how bad the Titans were, but and and one, and I couldn't believe how bad the Raiders were. But no. um, the other one, it was easy, easy to pick out the Warriors because they, you know, they obviously were up sixteen nil and they conceded fifty with a side that had two players go off. Um, and then the other one was Greg Bird tears his quad off the kickoff. Firstly, what's the second rower doing kicking off? Well, Dave uh, Taylor kicked off later, so he should be even more disappointed. Uh, and he geez. named him. And he named him to play five eight. Well, he's gone at the end of the year, so I don't care what he does for the next two games. Yeah, well, he let me um, down, old deal, because I got excited and thought he'll actually run the football and do something. And uh, he played him for about half hour and then benched him for the rest of the game. So, yeah, I thought this is Dave, this, this, is, this is Dave Taylor. This, this is your life. He's finally been told he's allowed to play in the halves. He's going to have a blinder, and he pulled him after thirty minutes. He broke my heart. He's <laughs> a goose. Yeah. My worst was simple. Again, I went off finals relevance. Mine was the storm. Um, an opportunity to jump in the top four, get two bites of the cherry, which would be very, very handy for them after being so dominant against the Sharks. They just didn't want a bar um, of that physical contest. Our forwards, I don't say it very often. They're usually pretty good. That was soft last night. No one ran over 100 metres. Um, there were some silly penalties defensively. The intent wasn't there. And full credit to Newcastle. They were just completely G'd up to the max. They did all the little things right. And Danny Badiris has just walked in clean, slating gone back to the basics of football, which is playing direct, playing fast, and showing intent in everything you do. And, um, it's not really a hard game when you've got that, and at the moment, they've certain, they've got it in spades full. And, um, he's, he doesn't want the job going long-term. I know a lot of people are jumping up and down now say, give him the gig. He said he's not ready. But whoever comes in next, uh, hopefully they don't overcomplicate things because it's such a common thing these days that uh, the game is just way too complicated. He's gone right back to the very basics, and in particular playing for that jersey like he did. Uh, for such a long time and a lot of them are locals or Newcastle juniors uh, that they've all fired up for Badira so yeah the storm were my worst mm, yeah fair enough what about your questions you got anything no nothing I like answering the fans questions well I had uh, are the Roosters still the team to beat I obviously think that they are I know you want to buy stock in the Broncos but if you had to rank them still right now would you say they're still on top of the pile yeah well I think I can't really split them, the Broncos, the Cowboys, and now I'd probably have to throw the Bulldogs into that lower tier. So 
I think the top three still for me, I'd be very surprised if the Cowboys, Broncos or Roosters didn't win the comp. Um, but then on the shelf below, it's very hard. I think the dogs now have sort of separated themselves. Um, and then below that, I'd probably go the Roosters and the Star, uh, sorry, the Rabbitohs and the Storm and maybe the Sharks. But well, I think the Sharks, to be honest, could upset somebody. Um, in a yeah, se- maybe once. in a second maybe week, one. I don't think can win four nah. in a row against top eight. Sorry. But to be honest, I, like I said, I, I've said from the start of the year, I don't think South can win it. Melbourne seemed to win the games that uh, you wouldn't think. Uh, you know, they beat like the Sharks thirty to two, and you're like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. And then they lose to the Tigers or they lose to Newcastle. So uh, they're just a, a, a mixed bag at this point in time. And the Dragons, I still stick by what I said last week, and especially after watching them again this week, they're a wasted spot in the final. So I'm really disappointed that man, they didn't get their uh, you know, their stuff sorted out earlier and, and have a real crack at this because they're basically yeah, now... Yeah, but I think the Dragons, the Dragons deserve their spot. Um, they're, they're, not, they're just not playing well enough, as well at the moment as what they were at the start of the year. That's where they accumulated all those points. So. Yeah, if you if you make the eight, you deserve to be there. I'm not against that, but just... If Manly had all their crap sorted out earlier, I'm not going to go over it again because we've been through it a couple of times. I think they're a shoo-in to play finals football, but... Um, yeah. They left it too late. Um, it, that it was only going to take one game to ruin it, and it happened on the weekend. Now they need St George to be upset, and their four and against took a hit again on the weekend. When most people like myself thought they were going to boost that four and against. So uh, when it comes down to maths, and most football players aren't good at it, that's when you know you're in trouble. So I think Manly's definitely out of the question now. Yeah. Well, I, I who did the Dragons play the Titans and the Tigers in the last two rounds? I yeah. think they're going to lose one of those games. And Manly have the harder run, though. They're going to play the Sharks and the Roosters. So. Yeah, so Manly basically have to lose, or have to win both, hope that the Dragons lose one and gain about 24 against points. Is that right? Something basically, like? well, they're down 24, and, yeah, they're going to need to win twice, and I don't think they're going to be able to get the four and against from those two games, to be honest. Mm, yeah, well, you, don't, you just don't know. I think they could, put, they could put a score on the Roosters on Friday. Like, the Roosters have got Jennings out, um, obviously, Pierce, Warrior, Hargreaves. Um, so, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. As I said, I say it every week. Just worry about the finals when the finals come. But this week will be another crazy week. It'll toss up some crazy results. So, hold on to your hats and be ready for it. Well, we jump on to the questions. You're clicking on the laptop here on Twitter. Gavin from at Ernie Oz. Besides Sam Moa, who from Wyong uh, looks likely to step up and help the Roosters first grade? Well, to be honest, I don't think they even need to reach into Wyong. It's pretty straightforward. Evans will move in to the front row, or Layu, one of those guys, will start tight there, um, play those minutes, and then Matungi, who was 18th man on the weekend, will just come in. The only person, uh, and obviously you've already mentioned Moa, Moa comes back into the fold, so they're covered, but. The only player of relevance down there that they would be able to use is Abraham Papali. He's a big unit they got over from the Warriors, but he's gone from playing in the middle of the field to being one of these giant kids like Marmolo, who's strangely been turned into a winger for some reason, even though he's 115 kilos, moves like the wind and is 195 centimetres. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see them reaching the wiring at all. They've got Matungi and they've got Ma, so they've got two blokes there they can fill that gap with. Yeah. Yeah, they, they won't. If they lose another one, then, yeah, maybe... Yeah, but yeah, I think he's probably the only one they'd have to move him back into playing tight. But I, I highly doubt they're going to have to reach that far. Besides him, uh, I think they've got a young bloke part of their top twenty-five, Vincent Lulawai, in their twenties. I haven't seen a lot of this year, but I think the big kid they had, Ueli, now plays for the Cowboys. So I uh, don't think they've got anyone really 
down in that kind of level that they can reach to. But one from last week that I've kept, uh, probably a little more relevant to you, uh, Chris Cicluna, a fellow Titans fan, um, says, as a fellow Titans supporter, have you noticed the extreme one-sided and negative press that the Titans continually get from the media, especially from Fox Sports? What could their agenda be? Example is crowds. We are continually bashed about crowds, yet we are still in the middle of the pack for averages and membership. We also have to compete with the AFL and a large Broncos supporter base as they are around a long time before the Titans. So uh, I think basically he's asking, is, why is there an agenda or is there an agenda against the Titans? I don't know if there's an agenda, but the Titans, the Titans get hammered at the moment, or they have for the last four or five years, because they, they haven't made the eight. They've had no success. Um, and they don't really have a marquee player. They don't have a franchise player. Um you know, the coaches that we have up there aren't really marketable. Uh, but I think Cherry Evans was a was a key to open all of that. You know, the Titans got a lot of good press out of that purchase. Um, and then now with him reneging, they just, they've been crapped on again. Oh, yeah, sometimes I get, I get frustrated with the coverage we get. I don't think we get a lot of coverage at all in terms of when we play well or um, just yeah it's, it's hard I don't think there's an agenda I just think there's a lack of respect generally throughout the game for the club and the only way to fix that is to win um, and to get better and demand respect uh, I think the club's had a soft underbelly for a long time they sort of had um, that good run there for two years but aside from that they're too pent up on being nice guys rather than um trying to win you know it's, it's, a, it's a game where you have to win at all costs so uh, I think they've got to adapt that attitude I think Graham Annesley moving in as a CEO is a very very good move uh, because he's he's a smart head and I think uh, Neil Henry will do a good job he'll build a good roster there um, so I think they're moving in the right direction but you know losing Caesar and then not getting Cherry Evans is basically you can write off next year as well as far as I'm concerned so well, next um, year's... It's going to be more bashing. It's only going to get worse, I think. Well, not worse, but it's not going to get any better, at least for another 18 months, I wouldn't imagine. Next year's moving day for them. They're going to have close to $3 million free in the salary cap. So next year's when they're going to go yeah, out. Yeah, but to have the money there and then to actually get people to come there is a different thing. Yeah, 100%. But this year, like this year they put all their eggs basically in one basket to get Cherry Evans, and they were going to suffer, um, obviously, through next year and use him as a recruitment tool. That obviously didn't work out, but... Well, what annoys me also is that the Cherry Evans thing is just forgotten. Like, we, we jumped up and down about it for two weeks and then that was it. Well, not for me, it wasn't. Yeah. I flashed it straight away when we talked about uh, Manly trying in to... Terms of, in terms of the long-term effect it had on the club. Yeah. Short-term, of course, it was disappointing, you know, whatever. But the long-term effect that's going to have on the Titans, uh, you know, it, well... We're not going to basically have a half next year, really. We're going to have LG, who is still finding his feet in first grade. He's still getting injured, still learning the game. We're going to have really no one to put with him. We're going to have Ash Taylor, who is going to be exactly the same. Uh, and then who's to say that there's going to be a decent half on the market the year after? Uh, well, you got Tyron Roberts. Roberts and... you got Tyron Roberts. He's not, he's not a proven first grader either. He played well last night, but he hasn't really been able to hold down a spot. So, 
it's concerning. I don't we think, don't really have a hooker. I don't think so, Tyron Roberts is as bad as what everyone gives him credit for. Uh, I don't the, think he's bad. I just don't think he's proven. He's, he's certainly not a marquee player. No, nah, he's not a marquee he's player. He's not a guy that you say, well, he's going to play every game. But he's fit. better than Daniel well, Mortimer. Aiden Caesar, like Caesar and Cherry Evans, that's a, you can build a side around that. Or, uh, or Cherry Evans and Elgin. Well, that's basically you know, what they were. Top eight, we're top eight side next year. Like. That's what they were going for when they obviously bought uh, Cherry Evans. That's why they missed out on Caesar. So not only did they lose both their halves, they lost their recruitment tour. But I think there will be people that are interested in playing in LG. But I'm also kind of surprised because Ash Taylor signed. Obviously, there's no guarantees on the virtue that he'd be going to play first grade. Now they've got Roberts going there, who I, I don't think they played massive coin for, but I'm pretty sure Newcastle made him pick up uh, part of the contract. So... Um, you know, whether he plays first with LG or Taylor's in there, that, that's a bit of an awkward spot now if you're Ash Taylor. Because I think if he would have went to Manly, he basically had no competition and they've moved on now and signed a young rugby union kid, Tom Wright, who may not get first crack because he's only a baby. They might have a stopgap for a year. Josh McCrone's the one that's been bandied around. But, um, yeah, that's an interesting half situation for them next year now. Well, and the, other, the other thing, like, the other part of his question is the crowds. Well... It's only real, really one way for Tottenham fans to fix that Win. is to get off their ass and get to the ground. So yeah, well, uh, I know when they were successful that same deal. The crowds were bumper up there. Like I, I, I went up there for I've, I've been up there for probably ten games I reckon over the last five or six years, and it's a big like it's obviously a big trip from here up there. And at the moment, I have no hope of getting up there for a game. But um, you know, back then they, I struggled to get tickets. You know, they'll. 30,000 people now they're lucky to get what 13, 14 I suppose and he's right in the fact that there's a lot of other clubs that average 13 or 14 but I think it just looks worse on TV you know 13 or 14 at Brookvale or, or, or at Penrith or you know at Wynn Stadium or you know these suburban grounds it doesn't look that bad it looks packed but 13,000 at um, Seabus on the, on the Gold Coast it looks empty so um, what disappoints me also is when you when you see the Titans run out and the opposition team gets a bigger cheer than what they do. That's when you know that you know there's concerns up there, especially when they play the Warriors and um, the Broncos in particular. It tends to be that um, it's like an away game for the Titans almost. Yeah, well, it's a pretty pro crowd uh, for the Kiwis and obviously the Brisbane fans who are more a bit more established. But I think it's simple; they need to win, and next year's pretty important. Yeah, Next year is pretty important as how you know they go using that money after offloading Taylor and a couple other blokes. So I think there'll I be plenty. It was ludicrous. Like I saw something in the paper over the weekend questioning uh, Neil Henry's job security. Like you're kidding. They gave Cartwright what seven years, and he's basically fixing what or trying to create what um, Cartwright couldn't. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Well, so this I hope is there's not. Not yeah. knives out for Henry. I don't think there is. Ennis, nah. Ennis, said, Ennis not that stupid. Uh, yeah, Ennis Lee said, look, this is the same job. This is exactly the same as what I said about the Newcastle situation, and people don't agree with that. But the next coach who comes in needs time, and it is results-driven business, blah, 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 all that bullshit. But if you want to flip a roster around when you're in a bad state and you've got contracts there that you need to get rid of or blokes you've got to wait for to expire, it's no different to the Gold Coast situation. It's not going to happen no, in 12 months. I, you saw You saw the... Um, saw Newcastle last night. The Titans aren't capable of that sort of performance. I think... Well, they've got a Newcastle few... Are. Newcastle have just got players that aren't having a go, basically. Well, I think they're you pretty know, similar in set-up. You can blame the coach for that or blame the roster for that. You can blame... I think it's player attitudes more of an issue at the at the Knights 
uh, at the Titans, I just think it's a roster strength and roster depth. Um, so I, I don't, I don't totally agree with that. But well, I think Newcastle still needs a fairly hefty flip. Like when, when have you ever seen the Titans dismantle Melbourne? Never, and it won't happen until they they get a, t- a tougher underbelly. We've got the Facebook questions now. Jordan Palmer, uh, your favourite footy show to watch throughout the week? Uh, I watch all of them apart from the Channel 9 footy show. I watch this, oh, sorry, the, the Thursday night footy show. I watch the Sunday footy show. I, I, I probably have to say 360. I like 360. Um, I like the coaches segment on 360. And then other than that, like Matty John's on Monday night's good. I, I watch all the Fox panel shows. I watch all of them, so... I enjoy them probably as, e- as equally as each other. They're all a little bit different. Um, and the Sunday footy show, I like. Um, and, yeah, I, the Thursday night footy show is a disgrace. It's, it's terrible. Well, it's basically not um, about football. I used to watch it. It's basically not about football. I'm pretty similar. I watch most of the panel shows. Um, in particular, I, obviously, Matty Johns, I like the sprinkle of humour with the football talk. But, yeah, 360. I like the Thursday night show that Matty Johns does as well. Uh, but I'm pretty big on the podcast, in particular... Triple M, um, Dan Ganone and Sterlo during the week. Obviously, the rush hour kind of stuff, the Saturday, Sunday. Basically, there's something for every day of the week if you really want to. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of with Brock. Basically, anything bar the normal football show because they don't really talk enough football, really. Yeah. Uh, James Hopes. Uh, yeah, what do you got? No, no, you're up there. James Hopes, what do you think about the lack of atmosphere at NRL games coming from England? and an EPL fan, but now a ticketed Broncos, a Broncos member. I can't help but notice how uninvolved the fans are. What can the NRL clubs do to change this? Because I believe that the lack of atmosphere is the main reason why people end up staying home. Well, this one for me, I think, again, I've said it before, I think this is more of a cultural thing. We're not really like that at sport. Um, I think probably really the only sport I've been to since like I've been around you know my 20 something years was the cricket where there used to be some atmosphere of the Mexican wave and bits and pieces during the day but um, as far as like an atmosphere or songs and other bits and pieces well, we're like, not as tribal we're not as nah, tribal no way that's what I'm saying you know, it's not as close together there's not enough rivalry like I mean even Brisbane and the Gold Coast are an hour apart I think you know you get to a game like a Roosters South game and, and you'll find that it's a little bit EPL-ish in terms of the hatred between the clubs, Penrith Power to a lesser extent. But the one in rugby league, if you want you want to compare rugby league to EPL, it's origin. Yeah. Origin is origin is tribal. It has that rivalry, it has that atmosphere. Um Yeah, and I guess I, re- I would have thought that Brisbane would be and Suncorp Stadium, they get pretty good crowds there. So if he's not engaged or impressed by the atmosphere that he's getting at Brisbane, well he wouldn't be really impressed by anything he'd get in um, in Sydney because I don't think there's a side nah. in NRL that could compete with Brisbane, firstly, for crowd numbers and um, the quality of the stadium. So, nah. uh, and, and it's fair. It's, what he's saying is right, 100%. Oh, he's 100% right. right, but I also, yeah. like I said, culture. I don't know how to do it. I don't think, I don't think the NFL, uh, the NRL could, uh, can artificially change that. Nah, well, like I, mean, I said, I think, it's a culture thing. I think that... Um, you know, teams tend to change. Jerseys tend to change. I don't like the fact. Like I'm, we're probably going into a different tangent, but I don't like the fact that jerseys change every year. I'd, I'd like to see them stay the same um, and make the game more tribal. Uh, but 
uh, more more traditional, I guess. And I think you'd, you'd see fans stick around; they wouldn't change so much. But it's also the new age. I mean, young kids don't support uh, the one team for their whole life, and uh, they they tend to change to whoever's winning and whatever. So, or whoever's entertaining. So, yeah, uh, general wise. Whereas in, in the EPL, you support where you're born. You know, I'd say ninety nine percent would be like that. So I think it's different in that regard. Yeah, I still think culture as well. We're very differently. Even when you go to the cricket, you can tell oh, exactly the, we are. the yeah, difference yeah, between yeah. us and the Barmy Army is my number one example. Like the Fanatics go over there, yeah, they cheer. They're a good mob to have there. But compared to the Barmy Army and just the songs and the way uh, you get around your sport, we're completely different. But I'm telling you, from my point of view, uh, the atmosphere is definitely not a reason I don't go. I don't go because the TV product's so good and it's just so much more convenient than um, missing all of Super Saturday to, say, go to that middle game where I've got to pay 40 bucks for beer, you've got to park, you've got to drive, you've got to do all that stuff. I can buy a box, sit at home, watch all three games. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's my biggest thing, and I've said it a hundred times. I don't know how they're going to get people back to the games, or that, I don't think that atmosphere can ever really be recreated when the TV product is so much more cheaper and it's just, you know, it's so much easier and so good just to sit at home and watch all three. Yeah. Um, Justin White, final top four spot, Cronulla or Souths or Melbourne or Dogs, think it's highly unlikely. Um, I think that Souths games, they'll probably lose both unless the Broncos rest an absolute swag like Bennett kind of hinted at, but I think the Roosters will get them. The Sharks, you know, they've got Manly, and I forgot what the other game was, to be honest. I'm trying to think who the other game was. I think they could probably win one of those games. Melbourne, they've got the Cowboys and the Broncos, same deal again. Tough games, you know, that could go either way. They could win one or lose both, but... I think, I think there is a real high chance, even though it is unlikely, that the Dogs could win both. I know old boys date Newcastle is a hard day, but if they're on a real crusade and want two chances, there's no reason why they can't, especially if they play like they did last week, and then they get the Warriors. Yeah, well, Melbourne, Melbourne had a chance last night at home. They well, they blew it, it, really. But I think yeah, out I of those... Know, I don't know. It's just watch this week. Watch this week, and then this time next week, we can go through all the scenarios because we're going to know them. Um, thing for those sides is they're going to win like you win the next two and then at least you're you, that's all you can con- control you know so for those sides yeah what is it South Melbourne South Melbourne Sharks, Sharks and, Sharks and like, Dogs you just got to win yeah you just got to win your next two but I'm just going if, he's, if this is what he's asking right now with the two games that are left if you're asking me I think the most unlikely one is the most likely one I think the Bulldogs if you ask me who's going to win um, you know those games that they've got left I think they're more likely to win their last two than the other sides for and against may play a factor if Melbourne win both, but um, you know if they play like they did last night, I reckon they'll lose both. So I like the dogs to try to slip in there, but um, we'll have to see what happens this weekend. But Andrew Wales looking pretty good for a Sharks top four spot. He's pretty much the same. How do you regard? Oh, well, that one we've just addressed, so we'll leave that one behind. How do you guys regard the number? Are the rumours of a twelve-team breakaway comp from the NRL due to unrest at Dave Smith, etc.? Won't happen. Nah, it won't happen. And I think Gus Good's touched on it before. These kinds of things have been threatened. But at the end of the day, um, I think they'll come to the fore. What it is, it's a power move. It's a power move. It's power oh, simple. That's, that's what it is. They'll, they'll, uh, you know, they'll throw it on to get what they want out of the, in terms of funding or whatever the issues with the clubs are. Um, I don't think you're going to see the rugby league light itself on fire and burn itself down again um, no. in a breakaway competition. No way. Uh, look, I, I think hopefully they can just leave it for the moment and see what Dave Smith produces in this 
uh, pay TV element of the of the TV deal because if if Fox Sports decide to go simulcast and buy the rights for all eight games, um, I think potentially we could get up towards you know 1.6, 1.7 million. Um, but billion, and then there'll be a, there'll be a standalone rugby league channel and all that sort of stuff. I think that's what Dave Smith's angling towards, similar to what the AFL um, are getting, uh, but. Yeah, it's hard. The TV deal at the moment doesn't look that great. But when you compare it to AFLs and when you break it all down and look at... There's more games. The fact that Channel 9, yeah, Channel 9 are going to be able to on-sell it. Look, Dave Gingell's done a great job in terms of the the deal that he's done for Channel 9, but I don't think it's a great great deal for the game uh, looking at it at the moment. But, you know, I think... Smith deserves to be judged when the, the whole deal is done and yeah. um, we know all the ins and outs of it. So well, I'm with you. At the moment, I think we're very reactive to what happened in the AFL. Yeah, well, I'm so, with you. I mean, if the AFL hadn't announced their deal, then we probably wouldn't even be talking about it. So, I, But plain and simple, the 12-team breakaway comp, it's it's, it's just a threat. Um, and they'll, they'll threaten and try and pull some rank and get what they want. Um, and to be honest, I think... The NRL in this next deal should give the clubs at least a million dollars more than what they spend on the salary cap um, and then just trust that they're going to spend it the right way. Uh, and then if they don't, then look at ways to monitor it. Um, but I do think now it's it's time that all the 16, all 16 clubs stand on their own two feet. And if they can't, um, then we look at punting teams out of it, I think. We've gone past this point now where we can prop teams up and... You know, it's just holding the game back. We've even got to say, you're getting a million dollars more than what the salary cap is. Uh, so if you can't then financially manage yourself and uh, ensure that you're financial and profitable, then you know we're going to have to punt you, basically, and, and find someone that that can be profitable. You know, it's, It just seems to me ridiculous that clubs can't uh, be profitable and stand on their own two feet with a million dollars more on the cap. So I think that's what the NRL should do. If they don't go and buy that money, then so be it. There's got to be consequences for it. Well, that's my biggest issue because you know what they're all going to do. They're going to go spend it on their football departments or equipment or I don't whatnot. They, but I, I don't think they all will. I think oh, some will. I think there'll be more some than will. I reckon more than half no of them will fall over if they'll give them the extra money and not put it uh, in, the, in the areas that they need to. So. I'd be a bit worried giving too much to the clubs. I, no, can only... I, I disagree. I think I think there'd be a few that would, no doubt, because there's a few at the moment that can't manage themselves as is, but I think the majority, they, you know, obviously understand that um, it needs to be spent the right way and, and, and whatever, but, you know, I heard a few people say, oh, they'll go and buy more staff or they'll go and, you know, buy, buy all this medical stuff or hyperbaric channel. I don't know any clubs will do that. I don't think there's enough benefits shown in um, that sort of stuff. I mean, the Roosters have got a staff of 20-odd now, so I don't think there's any wiggle room for them. Like, they wouldn't be looking to spend that money. Yeah, um, they're an exception, though, as far as money that. they've got coming into yeah, well, the club. Yeah, they've obviously got money as well. But, yeah, they're not in, they're no, not in the majority. The clubs, the clubs that, are, uh, that are struggling, and I, I think it's... You can't just say that, oh, you know, we're not going to give you the extra money because you won't spend it correctly. You've at least got to give the chance to spend it correctly. I've got no well, problem with them getting the money, but it, I'd be allocating it and what it's for. I wouldn't be just going, here's a million bucks, go spend on anything you want, because I think too many of them will 
self-sabotage again and they'll be back in the same situation where the NRL has to come in. They're, they're running four boards at the moment, aren't they? Newcastle, Parramatta, the Gold Coast. Um, and then well, they're, not running, they're not running the boards. They're just the majority shareholder in those clubs. Yeah, and then we've obviously got the Tigers who have got one side that's basically bankrupt and got a, a deadline to pay back. Otherwise, the Tigers will... Uh, be out of that side of it, and West will be in full control of the West Tiger uh, West Tigers brand. So, uh, for me, the TV deal, I'm with you. I can't judge. I know there's been a lot of talk, but I was quite surprised. There's a lot of people on radio just saying, "I don't really care." As we get more games on free air, I'm cool with that as well. Uh, but I still don't think a lot of them are thinking about the big picture, which is if they're getting 2.5 billion. I know we can't benchmark because it's probably bigger in terms of teams, membership, etc., money wise, but. I want us to maximise our deal because I care about the future of the game. Look, free to air, two extra games, that's all well and good. But if it's to the detriment and there's less money in the game, well, then I do have an issue with it. So I really do hope uh, we find a way to yeah, maximise. Also, there's a few things that have been missed, I guess, in that Channel 9 will now, like the TV, TV will not dictate the schedule now. The NRL's got control of the schedule, so... Um, there's, a, there's a lot of ins and outs that are going to change in this TV deal um, in terms of control of the television um, stations over the game. Like, for example, this year, the, the TV stations are running the game, yeah. running the schedule, basically. I think the biggest um, thing, though... Whereas now, the NRL will run the schedule. They'll, they're going to say, this is the number one game, this is the number two game, and um, try and make it more uh, a lot yeah, more well, even in terms gonna... of fairness do it in fairness and then you'll be able to schedule those games at the end of the year to get the bigger names playing each other which is what we want but I think the biggest thing and the simplest way to put it and it's the same thing I'm worried about is if we get a simulcast deal like the AFL that's all well and good but that brings down the dollars obviously from Channel 9 side of things that was written into that contract but I think people are worried more so has he pissed off Rupert Murdoch enough to the extent where they're going to come into bat they say that they need us and we need them that's all well and good but um, has doing business the way he's done it, is that going to affect in the end the, the bottom line that we end up getting if we do go to that simulcast deal? That's all I'm hoping. I'm fingers crossed um, it works out and he does have some kind of plan or, or if it's not with Foxtel. But, yeah, I'm just really hoping that it doesn't affect the bottom line because at the end of the day, I'm all for the punters, same deal, more games on free air, that's tops. But we've got to think about the bottom line and the more money we get in the game, um, the better it is for the NRL. We don't, we don't want to be lagging behind yeah, in the AFL. Well, yeah, well, I don't, I don't totally agree with that. I, I think we're better to take a little bit less and have more control of our game than we are just to maximise it and hand control over to the powers that be like we have in recent times. Right? Yeah, and that's that, the prime example of that is Origin. Origin, Origin is Wednesday nights for TV. It's for no other reason than TV. So. Um, obviously in this new deal that they're going to have the standalone origin in the middle week and then so they found some sort of compromise there and for a little bit less money I don't think um, I think the game benefits the players benefit and the product on the field will benefit for that so I think slowly but surely we've got to try and just carve away and say no you know the disappointing part probably is that they didn't negotiate with any other channel but Channel 9 um in terms of looking at what market value, I guess, was for, was really, you know, like if I was a business and I said, or even if I'm an insurance company and someone has a prang and I say, well, you go to the first smash repair and you just pay whatever price they ask, like you at least look around and get quotes and um, 
look at you know what the going rate is, and I just don't think they did their due diligence there. But no, uh, I think we're just better off. We're going to gain control of um, the elements of the game uh, and and take it on as our own, not not allowed to be dictated to by other um, other stakeholders or other elements in the game, such as the TV. Yeah, uh, but at, at the same time, if you're... Foxtel, Foxtel need, Foxtel need rugby league. So yeah, I but we need... Much of there. We're and still... I don't, think, I don't think Dave Smith's pissed off with Murdoch. I mean, it's just a reality in the fact that, um, you know, you look at what they've done with the AFL. The AFL's got at least four games on free to air, if not more. And that, that doesn't piss Rupert Murdoch off. So yeah, I, don't the, know I think it's the tact in the way they've gone about their business. They haven't spoke to Foxtel at all. They've announced this deal... And even Telstra, I know that Telstra. Yeah, but this isn't a Foxtel deal. This is this is the this is the free to air part of the deal. So uh, they're now going to go into the pay TV side of it and work with Foxtel. So Foxtel would never have been uh, wouldn't have been a part of that conversation anyway. Regard, he could have been he could have been negotiating them both at the same time, but still, it doesn't really cross over. You know, like um, now Foxtel's got the uh, opportunity to go simulcast if they wanted, which I think would be a smart move. I don't think they're going to have to pay too much for it. And then they can still have their franchises and um, play as many games of rugby league as they, as they want. Mm. Well, again, on the flip and side honest, of that... Like, I'm probably more likely to watch it on Foxtel, if, especially on Saturday. Like, I don't want to have to flick from one to the other, from one to the other. I'm more likely just to keep it on the one channel and watch it all. Um, and depending on who the commentators are... and. And even now, like, I mean, if you tell me now that there's two games on, say a 7.30 game on a Saturday, and Channel 9 is showing in standard definition and Foxtel is showing in high definition, oh, there's no no brainer. I'm watching it on Foxtel. So I think that's there's a few little um, elements to this that we need to think about um, as well. So I hope they do go simulcast, put it that way. Yeah, I hope they sort things out. But again, I think just maybe the tact and the way they've gone, and they didn't even tell Telstra, who's been the naming rights partner and tips in $50 million plus a year. So I thought he yeah, could have handled things a little 50, bit better. $50 million now, $50 million, and no disrespect to Telstra, $50 million for the game five years ago was a lot. $50 million now is not a lot. No, uh, still, I think over a decade of sponsorship, hope, you think you'd want to let your partners know. going to keep the digital rights for themselves. So that money is then going back into the game. So same as what the NFL do. You, you buy NFL Game Pass, you have to pay for it. Um, that money then goes directly to the NFL and, and to the clubs and to whoever. Whereas if you then sell the rights to Telstra, they sell it, the Game Passes and the access to the games, for, and they're profiting on it. So I think it's smart that the NRL's kept that um, within. If they then want to on-sell it, like if, if the NRL want to keep the simulcast rights, do it on their app and have a game pass or whatever, like they're trying to do at the moment, and then on sell it on top of that, go for it. But I think the NRL need to keep that for themselves. And any money that's going to be made on digital rights, I think they need to take ownership of that, and I think that's what they've done in this deal. So I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Well, the next one I don't want to spend a lot of time on because we've answered it a couple of times. Uh, given parents high injury casualty list over the past two seasons to keep playmakers and up-and-comers, knees... Ankles, pecs for extended periods of time throughout the playing season. Do you think it's a case of being unlucky or strength and conditioning be reviewed? Well, that's simple. We've said it a hundred times. It's not soft tissue. 
Um, you know, you tear your pec, you do your shoulder, yeah, your ankle. If, if people think that if people think that the strength and conditioning won't be re- reviewed, they're idiots. Like strength and conditioning is reviewed every year, regardless of the injury type. Yeah, so but these are not everyone's searching for best practice. Yeah, so, but these aren't issues you know, of soft tissue where it's breaking down. Uh, you know, like when somebody gets cheap shot, like Jamie Sauer doesn't gets injured, or Jennings gets his leg caught in a tackle and snaps it, or. Peter Wallace gets caught awkwardly twice and does his ACL. These aren't things that well, happen. Elijah, Elijah Taylor runs in, tries to belt a bloke first tackle and breaks his hand. Yeah, so, it's like, exactly. It's football. If you're getting yeah. soft tissue injuries well, a lot of the time. There's absolutely no doubt that probably 25% of all injuries are preventable, I'd, I'd say, or through bad technique or through something that wasn't disclosed by the athlete. I think that's something that's left unsaid as well in the fact that a lot of athletes may be sore, they may be tired, they may be whatever, but they don't, they don't tell people because they're footballers. They say, well, I don't want to be seen to be whinging or I don't want to do less training than my mates are doing and that causes injuries. You know, and you find a lot of players get smarter as they get older, especially the younger blokes. Yeah, um, but also, yeah, plain and we simple. We know that ourselves, you know, like you, some days you get out of bed and you, you don't want to run or you don't want to train or whatever, but you do it because you don't want to let your mates down. So I think there's, there's elements of that as well and as good as uh, medical technology gets, you're still never going to eliminate injuries. So um, don't, every club will be reviewing, and um, every club doesn't want, they don't want to have injuries. So nah. well, if everyone's a... searching for best practice. So if... I think it's it, no doubt a case of bad luck to a degree. But also, it is a case of, yeah, some of it could be prevented, but every club's got that. Yeah, but bad luck. Um, every, is... every club will. Bad luck's simply a part of rugby league. I've played in a team where we finished the year. With 14 players after starting with 25, and then I've played in a side that was completely fine. And I know myself, like basically every one of my injuries weren't things that were built up over time. They happened in one bad tackle. That's just rugby league. Both ACLs, yeah, like an impact injuries. Both ACLs, bang, one tackle. The shoulder thing was over time. But basically, what you said, I knew about it. I didn't tell the club. I held onto that for almost two years, and then by the time I got it done, it was a torn bicep and a full reconstruction instead of just a, a clean out and a bit of a stabilization. But if it was soft tissue, like I said, hamstrings, things like that, that are from overuse and uh, wear and tear, etc., I'd be fine with it. But when you're breaking bones and tearing ligaments like that, that's got nothing to do uh, with the strength and con. That's mostly to do with just simply bad luck and being part of a collision sport like rugby league. So uh, I don't think they've got anything to worry about. But, of course, every year people are looking to review and change their strength and con and try and find an advantage. So uh, I don't think it's anything to blame on the club. It's just really bad luck. Um, Arthur... Um, as you mean, man, if you had to remove or relocate two Sydney teams, who would they be? I'm not for relocation or removal. I'm about expansion, which is why with this money, I'm not agreeing with the fact that we're just going to give more money to the top end. I think we've got to fix up the bottom end of our top 25s and the middle um, of our rosters because we're seeing a massive exodus happen to the Super League again, which I have a huge issue with because it's making us weaker as a, as a, a whole. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't think the player salary should go up a lot in this next TV deal. I'd, um, I'd like to see the squads be extended to maybe 30, 35. Um, because at the moment, the issue is, is we're not, not in the fact that um, there's, there's not, a, not a good quality of player, but the clubs are only really allowed to develop 25 players each year because that's really all, all the players that are actually training full-time. So... I mean, the difference between your 25th player and your 26th player is significant in the fact that the 26th player is probably on 
a pittance, probably has to work, probably can only train two or three days a week, where the other ones are um, full-time athletes. So I think the more full-time athletes we can have, the better the quality, the more players we're going to have, and then we're going to we're going to then be open to expansion as well. So. Yeah, well, I think it has to be at least thirty, but I'm still saying that the top end doesn't need as much, we need to take care of some of the bottom end because the minimum wage is not enough encouragement for a lot of blokes to stick it out. And we're seeing it. There's a heap of players that could possibly be a part of expansion clubs in the future that have just taken off to England and they've barely barely waited here. They've, they've just gone because they're going to go make money there, live a lot easier and not have to stress about it. So I think we're hurting um, our depth in general at the moment with the circumstances the Super League now find himself in. There's been a ridiculous amount of players that are very young announced that they're not staying in the NRL or going to another top 25. That has taken off. Well, exactly. exactly. It's been so, happening for years, the Super League stuff. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big um, fan of all these. They're going, oh, this bloke's going to get $2 million. Who's going to get that? Stuff those blokes. Yeah, they'll get an increase. That's fine. But they're worried about numero uno. There's only a few of them. That's all well and good. That's what that war chest or bloody sponsorship yeah, should be think, for. I don't think technically they won't get an increase. I just think they'll get an increase uh, monetary, like dollar-wise. But in terms of the percentage increase in wages, I don't think they should. I think, you know, if, if those better players are getting, you know, like the elite players are getting 13% of the salary cap or 15% of the salary cap or whatever they're getting, they, it should stay the same relevant to the dollar amount. And then, so you can then go and spend the money on um, the other players. So. Well, it's already tabbed to increase anyway. It's no different to Cherry Evans' long-ass deal with all the TV deal and the salary cap increasing. Their money goes up accordingly, so... I don't see how they can be sitting here and people going, who's going to be the first one to get $2 million? If there's going to be any changes, it's going to be the minimum wage is going to be a little bit more. So we get these guys that don't just give up after a year or two and go play in England. Um, they, they need to be here. If we're ever going to expand, it's not going to happen when young blokes are struggling to make, a, make an earn or playing at park grounds like what I commentated on the weekend in front of 30 people. They're going to go to England, get paid more and enjoy themselves. So I think we need to take care of the little guy a little bit more. Yep, agreed. Uh, Cam Allen, random one. Do you have any thoughts about the unfairness slash unevenness of the current competition? Not every team plays each other the same amount, so bad luck if you draw playing the top teams twice in a season. Would a possible solution be to expand, play each team once, international weekend, couple of split rounds for Origin thrown in, and or start, finish a week or so earlier? Well, expansion we've just touched on. Um, I don't think you can do that when you don't have the quality, and we don't. And as far as the fairness and the unevenness, we've already touched on that as well. That's partly to do with the TV deal and the uneven numbers, but we're in control of that now. So I'm sure the NRL are going to do a better job of uh, trying to balance well, if, that if out. You want to, if you want to have 18, 17, 18 games or whatever, that's fine. But the TV deal will... Be less. Yeah, so... Uh... What just happened? Yeah. What just happened to you, mate? You do if you don't. So, how I'd how I'd like to um, the easy way to fix it would be to conference conference the league, put them in put them in two conferences or whatever, and have top four from each two each conference go through. Um, and basically, you just play everyone in your conference home and away, and you play everyone in the other conference um, just once. Uh, and that just rotates year to year. It's 21 games, uh, and then you've got some sort of fairness in the competition. Otherwise, you can't you can't get it. There's absolutely no way you can get it because I, you're gonna have to play 30 rounds. Yeah, basically. Can't do it. But I'm uh, fine. I'm fine with the idea of expansion. But like I said, that comes back to what I was talking about before, as far as keeping the bottom end, developing more talent, 
so we can have that comp. And yeah, when everyone talks about reducing it, you're also talking about reducing the TV dollar. So you know, there's there's a bit of give and take in both sides. If you want to break yeah, it down, also, okay. So you go you go uh, you go to twenty teams, right? That gives you say you give everyone one buy, uh, or you have a split round or whatever. That gives you twenty rounds. It it also means that you're only going to get Roosters versus Rabbitohs once. You're only going to get Para versus Manly once. You're only going to get Para Penrith once. You're only going to get Brisbane Cowboys once. Like there are marquee games that people want to see twice a year so um, at, the, at the moment we've got the best system I think for the situation we're in uh, although I do agree that there are obviously inadequacies with the draw um, but I'm not sure what else you can do like if, if people yeah. got suggestions then go for go but I'm send it, well send them, yeah, send them through or, and send them through to Dave Smith I think yeah. it's pretty accessible on Twitter so, well, I don't want but I, Simply, I don't want less games. I enjoy the season. I know 24 seems long. For some people, I agree that the origin period kind of hurts, but less football, I'd be filthy. 18 games compared to 24 in origin. I want more football. I know we can't have that. Well, I think in the next TV deal, we're not going to lose games. They're just going to take the buys out and they're just going to have a split round, I think. It's going to be 24, 24 rounds of full full lots of games. So and then you'll have the week weekend off the, uh, that, that middle part of the season and um, yeah, and then it's obviously split around, so I'll still get the two weekends off. Yeah, uh, that they do now with the buy anyway. So uh, it would, should increase the quality of the competition and take out that origin period. But um, yeah, the system. Well, I think we're getting better anyway. Like. I think we're getting better. If you want to go away from this question and look at the main thing when he says, do you have any thoughts about unfairness or unevenness? I'll tell you the most simple one is, I've spoken about before, and we're not going to go into depth because we've talked about it, is third parties. That's the biggest one. If you want to talk about why the comp's unfair and why there's teams you don't want to play twice, because there's a couple of teams that have more cash and they're playing with more than $7 million on the field or 6 and a half than other teams are. So that's your biggest yeah. issue if you want to talk about unevenness, not the draw not anything else. There's teams that have more access to funds uh, and outsiders to be able to continually stay strong in the salary cap era. Yeah. Uh, Sandy Hunter, she's got two here. Do you think it would be an all... It could be an all-Sydney JF? I'd say only in one situation, and that is if the Roosters get in and if the Bulldogs get there. I can't see Souths, I can't see the Dragons, I can't see the Sharks making the grand final. No, agreed. Agreed, Sandy. Yep, It'll be Roosters, Bulldogs if it's... It's going to be Sydney, yeah. It's Sydney, but I think it's more likely to be... It's going to uh, be... Uh, Queensland. Yeah, it's going to be two Queens. I reckon there's going to be a guarantee of an outsider. There has to be. With those two sides there, I think one of them's going to be there. Um, you've got Sandy again. Who do you think will get the wooden spoon? I'm a little bit worried about the Eels. I wouldn't be. Um, she says their for and against is terrible. But you're still too clear of the Tigers and there's two other teams in Newcastle and the Titans that are about 30 points worse. So I think that's near impossible. So I don't think you have to worry about I think that one. The, the Titans are probably going to have to win another one because I think the uh, I think the Tigers play the Knights last round, do they? Well, I think that if you want to talk about people at risk, uh, it's crazy as it seems. Canberra and Penrith are still in that zone. Yeah. They're on 20. No one's mentioned either of them. I don't I don't want to throw it up, but uh, they're both still firmly in the zone. Yeah, but you're, you're, then saying, you're then saying the Tigers have to win the next two games, right? Oh, they only have to win one, really. I think four and against. I haven't looked at the four no, and Tigers, against. Tigers are on 16, aren't they? No, they're on 18. 
really? Yeah, Parramatta's on 22, and the Titans and Newcastle are both on 20, along with Penner from the Raiders. Yeah. So there's a couple of sides sitting there. They're four and against maybe better, but, you know, there's still a possibility. Those two are going to win another game. Or... Well, the Panthers, the Panthers four and against isn't that much better. No, well, that's they're, minus, they're negative 80, and Tigers are negative 107. So if there's a win there, and Penner stay where they are, they're, they're in the zone. Canberra's so Penner's is... got the Knights uh, and Raiders, so they've got the teams around them. Yeah, well, they got the uh, Raiders. The Tigers have got, I think the Tigers got the Knights and the Dogs. No, not the Knights and the Dogs. Tigers got Knights and someone else. Dragons, I think. Yeah, well, at the moment, I think if you want to give it... And on the weekend, if you ask me, I would have said the Titans. But after grabbing that win, it's pretty obvious that the Tigers are the ones who need to get a wriggle on. Um, they're the ones Tigers, sitting there. Sorry, Tigers have got... Tigers have got the Warriors. And the Dragons. The Dragons. Dragons are playing, obviously, to maintain their final spot. I'm sure they won't want to drop a game heading in. Uh, the Warriors won't flip a coin. They've got a good chance of winning that one, I suppose. Well, I mean, if, if Newcastle beat Penrith... Um, and they beat. Well, they don't really even have to beat the Bulldogs, do they? Really? Nah, it's all, it's um, all down. I think the Titans at the moment, like the Tigers, are going to have to. The Tigers are going to be bloody favourites. You think this week as well against the Warriors? So I think the Titans are the team most likely to get it, even still. Um, and then I'd say Tigers Knights. I would think it'd, it'd be highly unlikely for Penrith to get it. There'd have to be a lot of stuff. Uh, go against them. Yeah, well, James Douglas, with all the injuries of last round, who do you think is more trouble, Roosters or Cowboys, can either win without Morgan or Pierce? Uh, we touched on this at the start. I think the Cowboys losing Morgan probably hurts a little bit more because why Thompson and Louie are solid replacements, I think that puts a lot more of the attacking burden back on Thurston, which means you can kind of uh, spot him up a little bit more. I think the Roosters have got a better squad in general, and I think they can handle those losses, even though they're two massive players. They just have a ridiculous side in general. Uh, I think I think it hurts the Roosters more. It's two two players, two Cowboys, one. So yeah, well, like I said, I'd argue all day with it, mm-hmm. but I just think in general their back line's better, their bench is better, they've got a better four round forward pack. I think they're yeah, but it's two players, so many players. So I think they're probably better off. And Thurston's a lot easier to mark up on when you're worrying about him, not Morgan. I think Morgan's contributions massively underrated, but. Um, Jason Blake, it's the top two teams on the New South Wales Cup, uh, the informed teams. If not, who are? Well, I saw Mounties on the weekend. They absolutely dusted. Well, top four, really, isn't it? They're pretty even, the top four. I still think the best side I've seen, and I only got to see them once, which is, you know, probably sounds stupid because I've seen a heap of Mounties and I've seen Penrith a couple of times on TV and the Warriors a couple of times on TV. Uh, Wyong impressed me more than anyone this year, purely on the way they play their football. The others are pretty systematic and like to use their shapes and, you know, seem quite in a relish, whereas when I watched Wyong play against Mounties, where they, they gave them a bit of a touch-up, their two halves, Langy and Cornish, let the ball sing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. They played a little more off the cuff, so I was quite impressed, but... Um, if you want to go off who's probably got the the best side on paper, if you want to, at this point in time, Mounties are, are still loaded with NRL talent. Penrith are still dealing with the injury crisis, but have done well. 
Um, and yeah, Wyong. I think the Warriors, the travel thing hurts too much. I'd probably be looking at Mounties or Wyong if you wanted to tell me who the best two are. Yeah, I think Penrith as well. Penrith are the defending champs. Um, and they're going to get some players back from first grade as well, I would have thought. Uh, like in Will Smith and um, a couple of others maybe. But yeah, I, Cup's hard to know, isn't it? So, well, I think Mounties have been... With, yeah, especially with the Roosters now suffering some injuries, that might... I don't, no one's moving up, though. There's no one there that's moving up, like I said before. They'll stay exactly the same. Matungi... Yeah. Matungi's been up part as 18th man, basically hasn't played Cup, and the only other kid there that's eligible or would be part of their top 25 that they would even consider is probably uh, Abraham Papali. So I think they're basically going to stay as is. But, yeah, Mounties basically have been... Uh, even with the changes at Canberra, they haven't so much had injuries. They've just changed players on form. So they're the most NRL-loaded side, I think. If they weren't to win it, um, especially with Canberra about to finish up, I think it'd be a disappointment for them considering the side they've got on paper. It's basically an NRL team that it's not as good, I think, as the Shark Storm team that combined the other year, but uh, it's, it's pretty NRL heavy if you want to talk about numbers. Yeah, I would have thought Penrith Manny's final. Uh, I, I still like Wyong just from watching them, but yeah, if you want to talk about NRL, the quality of those two for sure. Sean Chan, as far as you guys know, any truth to rumours about making a rival comp? How could it work? We've already touched that one. Highly doubt it, but yeah, we've already answered that question. Patrick Rout, uh, what do you think about Peter Wallace's future? Two ACLs in two years. You probably don't want to touch on this one, but I certainly will. I'd be sitting down with him if I'm in Penrith and asking him to retire, basically. By the time he heals up and gets back into form and plays himself into some confidence, uh, he's in his 30s. He's part of your salary cap. You've got Tamara Martin coming over. You've got a young kid in Tyron May who I'm a big fan of. You've got Isaac John who's off contract and his future still hasn't been sorted. And then again, I like Tyron Peachy, to be honest. I know the last two weeks I've been super impressed playing him at six. Could you leave him there? Um, if you find him a spot on the field, I'm not surprised. But I'd be putting more time into those guys um, coming through and be trying to free that money back up because... Yeah, a two-year deal for a bloke who's just on his ACL twice in a short span of time and he's not getting any younger. Uh, I, I wouldn't want him coming back. I'd be doing anything I could to put him in another role at the club and free that spot up. Uh, he'll, he'll go around again, regardless of what people think. So, um, yeah, simple simple as that, I guess. Well, I think to take uh, a step forward, he needs to move on. That's just my opinion, but yeah. Yeah, well... If you want to talk about top, like time on your side and the injuries you've just had, two ACLs around the age of 30 is not exactly ideal. No, we've, not. we've seen Campisi no. try to push this barrier and it didn't really help Canberra. This year is probably the best thing that's happened to him as far as getting Austin in there and uh, things changing. But is one of those kids ready to step up? I'm not too sure. Would they? I don't know. People, you might not agree. You're a coach as well with the Peachy idea, but I'd be happy to play Peachy at six. No, not 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 for the long not for the long term. I think um, Tamari Martin and Tyron May are the obvious two, but they're probably still a year away, so they need Wallace. Um, and I think I think they need John more than they need they, Wallace. They, they need who? I think they need John in there more than Wallace. If you want to talk about health, the experience, and uh, yeah, who, well, even still, like regardless of whether you think Wallace is going to start in first grade, they need him for the depth. Um, well, where's he fit though? What, where's the where's the point in punting Wallace for next year when who are you, who are you going to bring in? Yeah, but when's he going to play? He's just done his ACL for it the second time. That, that's regard. If, if if we're talking about round one this year and he's done his ACL, 
then there might be some merit to it because you could maybe go and spend that money elsewhere, but they can't spend the money elsewhere. So mm -hmm. there's no point in pushing him out the door and whatever. Like, he's going to be there. He's going to be there. And if he plays cup, he plays cup. If he plays NRL, he plays NRL. Like, whatever way the cards fall, and that'll probably be dependent on how many games, uh, how much time he spends um, in the preseason as well, um, training, and how, how the knee comes up. But I think for the most part, there's no brainer he's going to be there next year. Yeah, well, he's, I think he's more touching on just his future in general after two ACLs. I personally think uh, that would basically see him done. I'd be very surprised if he come back and made a big splash. So if I was Penrith, I'd be starting to look a different direction. But Matthew Johnson, TV deal, obviously NRL signed for substantially lower amount, but working out revenue per minute, it's up there. Well, basically, again, that's another one we've kind of touched on. Uh, it's more important to see what happens with this second part of the deal, and then we'll be able to have a better grasp of what's going on. Obviously, a lot of people... A bit 50-50, um, but yeah, it's it's not really worth talking about until we see the pay TV side of things are, are sorted out. Basically, yeah. All right. Wait until it's a done deal and then we'll, we'll have a look at it. I think we're through them. I've just got to quickly update and make sure. It looks like we've got through all the punters' questions. So, as always, thanks a lot for them. Uh, we'll power through now the reviews of the games from the weekend. Thursday night, uh, Dragons-Panthers, pretty dull game, to be honest. Wasn't a real big fan. Like watching football, but again, uh, yeah, not exactly a great game for a Thursday night. 19-12, it was 10 all at half time. I, I kind of felt that Penrith had more opportunities, to be honest. They had plenty more opportunities, especially inside 20. But if you want to talk about bombing it on play one and two, they did plenty of that as far as errors on early tackles and uh, they were quite impatient when they had their chances. And at the end of the day, it took two brilliant kicks from Gareth Widop to force dropouts. And um, off those in those last 10 minutes, he took the field goal and then he scored the try to seal the deal. Yeah, look, worse said the better. Uh, the Panthers, as you said, errors. But St. George still struggled to put them away. Yeah, 100%. Uh, look, uh, Panthers are makeshift as well. I mean, they've got players playing out of position and plenty of injuries, as we've said. But. I think the Dragons' early season form will get them into the top eight, not the form they're in now. And I think Widock was the difference, simply. He was the difference, big time. I thought Frizzell was outstanding, and DeBellum, who's uh, been very underrated this year as well. But on um, Penrith's side of things, I thought Peachy played well again in Cartwright. Still a couple of errors in his game, but he's well worth it. And Will Smith had a much improved game uh, as a makeshift fullback. But uh, they played Canberra this week, who are out of contention. Interesting game, that one. That's a way... And the Dragons, they play the Titans away. So they'd be looking to continue winning. But if the Titans show uh, a bit of starts like they did last week, it might be more difficult than people think. But Friday night, the Bulldogs 32-18 to 18 over South. So they were blown away. Very plain and simple. The power game was outstanding. The offloads, this is the kind of Bulldogs that I've been talking about that you want to see all year. Um, I thought the halves were steady. Hodkinson's been really good since Origin. I think he's been a lot safer. And Damien Cook, for anyone who didn't know about him, um, you know, saying, oh, this is his opportunity, blah, blah, this and that. This kid was the best player in the Penrith NYC system for two years when they were just an absolute horrible team uh, during 2010 and 2011. He was then fantastic in New South Wales Cup, uh, only got one game because Mitch Rain was there at the Dragons, so he's kind of had his path blocked. And then he finished the year, one year there, under Mary McGregor, playing fullback because they had no one left. In the last six games, he won five men of the match awards playing fullback. And then same deal again. He comes here with Michael Innes and then they spend money on Leisha. So he probably hasn't got the raps he deserves. But if you've watched him play football, I'm telling you, this kid's no mug. He's a first grader. 
Yeah, he was good. Um, but in this game, South's defence was terrible. Uh, they were good the week before. And then dished that up on Thursday. I thought the Dogs, they were straight. I think Cook straightened them up. They played faster. They played harder and straighter at the line. Um, they looked to be getting fit at the right time. And the Rabbits, they just stall. As soon as, whenever they look like they're, they're going well and they're going to get things back on track, an injury or a suspension or a performance like that. So, um, obviously, for the Rabbitohs, the short-term focus has got to be just on laying in the top four. Mm. Um, and then they can have a look at the four-week competition that is the finals to try and defend their title. But they wouldn't be pushing the panic button yet, but it's close to it. It's the Astrid's. They're probably going to have to win their next two to lean in the top four. Yeah, well, I'm sticking where I said at the start. They're not winning the comp, and everyone's saying resting GI is the best thing. You're not in the top half. You're gone. I reckon they're more likely to get, just as likely to get beat down there if they've got to play the Bulldogs or the Sharks again. I reckon all those teams will beat them, um, to be honest. And I said it last week, again, for people that got excited off one game, their two front row was the heartbeat. And people said Isaac Luke wasn't there. He wouldn't have done a thing the way their forwards played the other night. Um, the Burgess brothers gave us one game with some intent, and then they were basically back to sleep. So, so I think he, he makes a big difference. Like Luke, though. he does make so a if difference. He played, if he played the other night, they still. Would. But where's the rolling? If you got no rolling, Isaac Luke is the same as your halves. Your halves yeah, can he only be. He, he's, he's good at manipulating markers and looking at negative defence, and he's very underrated, Luke, in terms of the effect he has in getting that roll on. But mate, they were they were dominated. Forget about Luke. Forget about yeah the rest of it. I mean. As you said, like his effect is minimalised with the fact that they didn't go forward. And so. same as your halves, your halves can only do what the forwards uh, do for them. And I, yeah, again, and they just can't get a they just can't get a pairing there, can they? Like I mean, they, they sort of got Kiri Reynolds back together, and then Kiri gets suspended, and you know Sutton has to slide in there. Yeah, just they, as I said, they just keep stalling. They they can't get any fluency. Yeah, well, like I said, I. From day dot, it may sound ruthless, but I just didn't think it would work. I don't like the back row as much as well, I do. Well, was the first one to write them off. I said, well, I'm like, with you. I don't, so people said, can, can they win the comp? No. Before a ball was even kicked, no, because history just tells you that doesn't happen. No, well, I think even in general, there's sides like the Roosters last year who were a lot more likely, if you want to go off squad, uh, and previous Melbourne sides, etc. even though they were cheating, there's a lot of other teams that had a better roster. I don't think they're as strong this year, plain and simple. Well, they, might, they might well do it, but... I certainly won't be backing them to do it. Nah, no way. Pritchard outstanding as usual. Cassiano looks so much better when he plays the way he does now. Instead of fiddling before the line, playing through it because he's a man mountain. Um, and Graham and Clemmer had huge games as well. Graham's definitely making up for lost time after being injured and suspended. I really think the dogs are a dark horse and they've got a tough assignment. And you know what? You know one thing that's underrated about Graham? Every week that he plays, like when he when he gets a run of games, he gets better. Yeah, he like does. He'll, get better. he'll be better again this week. He'll be better again the week after. Like, And he's got fresh legs in the fact that he's missed so much footy. It doesn't really look like it's going to hurt him. Like, if they land in the top four and they've had Graham basically miss half their games, they're still missing Tolman. Like, man, and they're both just going to come back and they're, they're probably... They're, Graham and Tolman are two of the... They're, they're in the top ten front rows in the game. Well, with the form of, of so, their forward pack, he's... Giving him less. And you got as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. With the form of their forward pack, Hasler's given him less time as well, because Cassiano's playing the way he is, and because Clemmer's playing the way yeah. he is, he's playing less time that's than what he did, which is even better for James Graham. And um, yeah, it's it's all looking good for them. Their forward pack does what they did on the weekend. What I've been praying for all year just dominates and off works off offloads and momentum. They'll be fine. They'll be a real threat moving forward. Um, they've got yeah. Newcastle this week. It's old boys' day. That's always a really hard atmosphere up there, but. 
I'll back him in with what's on the line, a top four spot in South and the Broncos. I'll be on the Broncos, um, depending on who they rest, or if he is going to rest anyone. But the way South played, like I said, uh, I'll definitely be on the Broncos, that's for sure. But Saturday kicked off with the Sharks versus the Tigers, 40-18. to 18, And this one was 20-6 to six at halftime. It was all the Sharks. They were very dominant, completely the opposite of the week before. But, yeah, the highlight of Holmes chasing down Brooks just to show his speed was incredible. Luke Lewis and their forwards were outstanding. And I honestly don't think the second half fight back. And Jason Taylor said the same thing reflected the game. I, I didn't think the Tigers deserved to be in the game at all. They they were behind the, the eight ball from the word go. They were weak in the middle. Um, defensively, I thought they were poor. And at the end of the day, they did fight back, but they were blown away again. Um, you know, in particular, Holmes killed them off. Graham, Innes, Gordon, Lewis. Like, there were so many blokes that contributed and uh, it was good to see them bounce back, and especially at Ramondas a week later after what they dished up against Melbourne. Yeah, look, I think the Sharks improved, but still not sold on them. They piled on the points late, and um, it's a daytime game, uh, which was good. I love that daytime slot. I think it produces the most open game of the week. Uh, I think the Tigers, again, they're solid for 50-odd minutes or 40-odd minutes, but they, they can't finish off games or... They either can't finish it off or they can't start it well. Um, and the thing I probably took out of this player-wise was that I think Valentine Holmes is going to be next season's two of us a check. Like he just he's showing the same he's showing the same sort of signs that RTS showed last year on the wing. And uh, you put him in there with uh, you're going to have Maloney there, so he you knows how to work with someone with as, as much skill. Uh, you're going to have Townsend there, who's been over with the likes of Johnson and, um, you know, the skillful outside backs that the Warriors have got. So I think Valentine Holmes next year is going to be, he'll be unearthed as a superstar. He already is, obviously, but he just looks to me to be showing similar signs to what two of us a check was last year. Yeah, and Byrne will probably move out and push one of the centres onto the wing. So all around next year, I think they get stronger again, which is uh, nothing but positive for the Sharks, especially in the halves. They've been... Yeah, next year they're a top four side. They've been waiting for somebody to come with a bit of creativity. Maloney alone is enough for me to, to put them up massively in my estimations, but I think Townsend's a very good player uh, who doesn't get anywhere near enough credit and never should have left there. Oh, he is, mate. He is. He that, should never have left. That was their stuff up again. Like I said, Frizzell, Peachy, him. There's a lot of guys that for some reason that is buy an old back row every year instead of keeping their juniors, but they're getting smarter uh, with that situation now. So it's good to see him heading back there, but they've got power this week away. Uh, if Parra play like they did last week, that'll be a tough game for him because Parra defensively... Yeah. It won't be easy. and I'm, I'm pretty sure Cronulla got a horrendous record at Parramatta Stadium. So. Well, Parramatta were outstanding defensively. And the Tigers, they play the Warriors. Flip a coin uh, on this one. They've both been as poor as each other. I'm kind of with you. I think the Tigers might be favourites. But to be honest, the way their forwards play, this might be one of those games that the Warriors do win. So, um, yeah, nothing would surprise me in this one. But speaking of the Warriors, how to blow a lead. 16-0 against the Cowboys. Uh, they had him reeling. Lola here was ripping and rolling. Uh, there was offloads. And then after Tamiel's neck injury, they conceded 50 unanswered points. So that's, yeah, uh, well, the Cowboys starts are the a thing for me at the moment. Like, yeah, it's horrible. They're, my, they're, the side, they're the side, like, at the start of the year, they're the one that I was all in on. And I still am. I'm, I'm still staying, staying faithful in them. But their starts are of, of a massive concern. Um, they obviously leaked a 16-point lead. Uh, and then the Warriors... I don't know what happened. Like, how do you concede 50 points when you're up 16? You know, I, I don't. I, I honestly can't work it out. 
Um, and I, I don't really know, like the Cowboys went on a rampage, obviously, but I don't really know whether it was that the Cowboys are that good or the Warriors are just that bad. I think the Warriors uh, are that bad. I find this game hard to get a form line through, especially with the fact that the Cowboys were dusted the week before by South. And then South come out and lay an egg against the Bulldogs. So I think the form lines are a little bit crossed at the moment. I'm finding it hard to sort of work out. Well, the only two that have really given me anything, like I said, were the Roosters, who kept on winning, and the Bulldogs, who were knocked over Brisbane and then got that win. So if there's two teams that have shown me something, uh, it's them. But the Cowboys, I give them some credit, but not a lot, because they basically scored all their points on one side of the field, where the Warriors were just absolutely inept and unable to make a decision. Their left edge just held every single time. They didn't jam. Um, they just slid and went backwards, and that was where every single one of the tries basically went. Felt got a triple... O'Neill got a hat-trick. Hess got his first try there, and I have to give him a wrap. I thought he was outstanding on debut, but um, that left side basically just allowed points off simple, you know, through the hands from the Cowboys. They weren't really threatening at all. They just basically backpedaled and let the Cowboys walk over the line. Yeah. So, yeah. Warriors crashing and burning as they do best at the back end of the year, and um, we just mentioned it before. They're obviously going to be playing the Tigers this week, so flip a coin. The Cowboys, on the other hand, they're away to Melbourne, uh, down there, I, I doubt that they'd get that kind of start or give that kind of start against Melbourne. Melbourne usually not a side that can blow teams off the park, more of a grinding kind of side, and uh, the Cowboys tend to usually do pretty well against Melbourne. That's how they started this run uh, at the start of the year, so that should be a good game on the weekend. But Saturday finished with that blockbuster between the Roosters and the Broncos, 12-10. I thought it was a fantastic game of football, 8-0 at half halftime. Um, yeah, they should have had a lot more points. Ferguson bombed two. Guerra got called for a no-try. I honestly thought it wasn't forward, but, uh, yeah, just very good effort considering you lose your forward later in Rory Hargraves and Pierce so early. And, uh, second half, the Broncos did fight back to their credit. They grabbed a couple of tries, but the difference in the end, if you take out those missed chances, was Kahu making that error and Cordner scoring that try and simply just a resilient Roosters team. With 14 at the end of the game, they just defended and held on and got themselves across the line. Basically, yeah, they they just held on, didn't they? Uh, um, there was times there where Brisbane exerted some pressure, but they um, they held on and Brisbane couldn't maintain it. But uh, I think Brisbane will take a lot of confidence out of that. I I didn't lose any faith in um, Brisbane after watching uh, what they produced. But um, look for. The Roosters, I mean, the challenge is going to be in, in what's ahead. Like, if they face the Broncos in the finals without Pearce and Warrior Hargreaves, it's going to be tough. Um, so I think their, their focus now has got to shift to how they uh, maintain their effectiveness with the loss of those players. But um, for the Broncos, they've got a pretty short turnaround. They'll stay in Sydney. Um, I don't think they'll lose any heart out of that. Bennett will be, I think Bennett will be pretty happy with with that result. Um and they'll, they'll just move on. It was a great game, but we, we enjoyed it. We watched it together. Um, and as you said, it, it, the scoreline flooded Brisbane, if anything. 100%. Um, and Ferguson, I don't know how many dropped over the line. But, I don't know how um, you could do all the difficult work and then bomb the try. He done, there, was yeah. one, there was one I'll give to him that Milford knocked his arm. That's fair enough. There was two others. Yeah, but still, you should hold on to it. Yeah, but when you're fighting in tackles and you still got bodies on him like you did, he only had one arm free. That's fair enough, but there was two others that were him clean over the line that he just spilt. Um, he, yeah. he wasn't under duress, but yeah, that, I'll give plaudits to that one where he had bodies on him. 
Um, but the other two were just straight up drops. I don't know how you can beat so many tackles but not score the try. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But um, James Maloney, massive tips to him. I said it last week and a few times. I don't think he's got much credit, but he was huge in this game. Um, him and then Aiden Guerra, he was really quiet. He lost his starting spot for a bit there, but him and Boyd Cordner just grew a leg each when uh, uh, Jabari Hargroves went off. They took control of that game, and Roger Tuivasa-Sheck had 180 metres in the first half, finished with about 330. He's just a workhorse, yeah. that bloke. And, uh, it, it's not all fancy stuff. There was no line breaks, but you, you, every week he's the first bloke to take the dirty carry out of yardage. It's absolutely outstanding. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Mm. Um, and he's been very, very good for for a long time, hasn't he? Oh, since the day he's got in, he's fit in. Uh, it was a matter of time. Did I think it was right last year? No, I thought if they put Minicello on the wing and him at the fullback, they probably do uh, win the comp. They didn't do that, but you look at this year. And they would just be shaking their heads. There's nothing they could do to stop him from leaving. He made that decision himself. He didn't even enter into negotiations with the Roosters. But what a player the Warriors are getting next year. This kid's an absolute freak. Yeah, like, I mean, he's been good now for what? Three years? Three years. And that was straight out of 20s from a kid they bought from Union. Within 12 months, he was in NRL. Yeah. So it was a great bit of uh, identifying by their staff there. Uh, but, yeah, for me, this reaffirms that they're still the favourites. I know those guys individually are massive losses, but the Roosters as a whole... It's a ridiculous side, really. It's just a ridiculous team. And um, they have a tough challenge this week in Manly. We'll have to see whether they've still got their heads up and are going to chase the dream, even though the mathematics is against them. But, yeah, if the Dragons do lose one, Manly still do have a chance. That is at Brookvale, so that's a tough one. And the Broncos play Souths. You expect that to be a tough game, um, even without GI. See how they react this week and see if the Broncos do rest anyone because Wayne Bennett did touch on the, the fact that if anyone wasn't healthy, that they're not moving anywhere in the top three, so he was willing um, to rest some players. But Sunday, this first game was an absolute shocker. The Titans, 28-12 to 12 over Canberra. It was just an error fest. I've never seen so many clean drops and, and just poor defense in my life. Some of the defensive displays in this game and the tries that were scored were just horrible. Yeah, it was terrible. Raiders were awful. Titans were much better. Titans made several errors, but I thought the Titans defended better. Oh, they defended better, no doubt. The possession, the possession rate at half time was fifty-seven forty-three to Canberra. Yeah, and the top, oh, it's just a strange game. But the Titans managed. They had one really bad read where there was a try there. I think Sam, Sam Williams dived over. Biggest gap ever. Yeah, that was that was awful. It was a misread. But for the most part, I thought the Titans were way better defensively. Mm. Um, and LG was very very good. I'm I'm very happy with him. Um, and the Raiders, their discipline was poor, their attitude was poor, and uh, they got punished for it. Yeah, I was disappointed with Ricky Stewart there and saying, oh, if I've ever accept one, it's this, because they were robbed of their season last week. You lost eight games this year that were yeah. so close. I know the last week, that's a legitimate one, but, like, Jesus Christ, like, they've bombed that many close games. You don't just get to quit all of a sudden because you're not in finals contention anymore. No. So right. I, I won't excuse that one. And Leilua, Leilua was awful. Some silly errors, and he shoulder-charged someone. I didn't see the rap sheet yeah, yet. Yeah, I, I, I just don't. I can't buy into him. I, I haven't, I haven't seen the rap it's sheet yet. It's been a yet. long time. Long time, but just can't do it. Have you seen the charges? Did he get charged with that? Uh, well, he did. He got charged. Yeah, Definitely. well, I'm going to have to have a look at that later on because I didn't look at the charge sheet. But when I saw it, I was like, that's just stupid. Uh, yeah, Aust- Austin was very quiet. Austin's a guy I usually find around the football. Even he looked a bit lackluster the other day. He wasn't... Well, he has probably for the last three weeks, hasn't he? He's just floating he, around a little bit. He may bit. be carrying an injury or something we don't know about because he's, well, of course, yeah. his levels seem to have dropped. But in particular on the weekend, there was a lot of half-breaks or opportunities, and the first person you usually expect to see is the techno-viking. But, um, yeah, he was very 
very subdued. Sam Williams seemed to have a lot of responsibility heaped on him. A couple of poor kicks that you don't usually see, but it was almost seemed like eighty twenty as far as those two um, and, and holding the football. But um, LG was the highlight. If you want to sum this game up and put a bow on it, his kicking game was brilliant. His control was outstanding. He's a pure number seven. His running was outstanding. He supported. He set up three. Uh, scored one himself, and the tap-on pass, like just little bits of class like that. This kid's a genuine number seven. They've got a good player in LG. I just hope that next year doesn't break him, depending on what happens, and I hope that they can find a partner uh, in Taylor or Roberts for him because I'm a big fan of the kid, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be a good footballer. Yeah, and they've got to play the Dragons this week. Like I said, uh, no easy beats if they play the way they did, especially if they show that resilience, but the Dragons need to keep winning. And Canberra, they've got Panthers. No idea what this one's going to toss up, but I'm a little bit worried if it's anything to go by their last few games between the two sides. But Manly, speaking of them, uh, they lost to Parramatta, effectively probably their season, unless you're into mathematics, but 20-16. to 16. I think the easiest way to sum this one up is they tried to play dry footy in wet weather, and the Eels, while they're not really great in attack, um, they were super tough in defence. They, they did their best to try and hand Manly the game with a lot of late errors, but their defence... And the effort they put in for each other, which is not something we're used to seeing every week, uh, that that was do-or-die kind of football as far as their defence was concerned. Yeah, I think now Manly season is probably 80% gone. Like, there's probably a 20% chance they can get in. You know, if you play these next two weeks, um, five times, I think four out of five times, man, will be eliminated. There'll be that one time where they they may get some luck. Uh, and I think on their, on their side is the fact that um, the Dragons probably aren't playing their best football, or as good as they were when they accumulated all that points and went on that run. So, uh, but Manly have got the Roosters and the Sharks to finish, whereas the Dragons have got yeah. they got the Titans and the Tigers, don't they? So they've perceivably got an easier draw, even though, as I've said, I do think they'll lose one of those games because those teams at the bottom will just play carefree. But uh, this was a huge result. The Eels were tough and gritty. It was it was pouring down rain. I thought, well, that'll suit. Manly, because they'll just get into that grinding sort of game, and I thought, well, their their halves are better; they'll kick better. But the Eels were tough; they outworked Manly, they gritted them. Uh, they just need to do that consistently. I think Manu Mau's form uh, this year has been unreal. He'll move into the middle next year, and he'll add another dimension to the middle of the field for Parramatta—a little bit of punch, which is much needed. Um, would you move, Would you um, move him in the middle? I wouldn't. I would, 100%. Oh, I've got Motmo on the edges, and I'd play, um, I'd, I'd play Mo in the middle. I think he's too good on the edge, to be honest. And I thought Watmau uh, was I think, dreadful and slowing I'd, down. Uh, I'd rather leave him in the middle of the field. I, I'd leave Manu to that left edge because I think the best thing they've got going for him at the moment is that left side with Norman, Mo and Radrara. That side's their most potent side of the field. Yeah, well, I'd at least try. I'd put him in, stick him in the middle, and, and see what he see what he can produce. But and both Scott Manly had plenty of chances. Manly no, 100%. had plenty of chances. Just couldn't execute at crucial moments. And uh, it's hard. Again, I said this week uh, a few weeks ago that it's hard to maintain these long runs of form in this tough competition. You know, you look at who's gone on long runs this year in terms of winning streaks, and there's not many. You know, there's the Roosters. Um, who, what have they won now? Ten in a row? Ten or nine in a row? Ten in a row. Um, and you had the Cowboys who won, what, 11 in a row? But aside from that, I think the Dragons put a decent run through. Eight or uh, seven, A run like. there, yeah. But other than that, it, it hasn't been a long streak. So it just shows you that how hard it, and how important it is to time your run uh, at the right end of the year. So 
Um, and it just proves that if you go on a run like that, eight, nine, ten in a row, it basically secures your semi-final spot. Yeah, simple as that. I think uh, for Manly side of things, like I said, just not respecting the football. They tried to play dry footy when they didn't need to. Uh, the last 25 minutes had a million opportunities, but it just seemed they wanted to score off every single play. thought Foreign was pretty solid. Blake Leary, really underrated. I like him a lot. And Chaboyevich was outstanding again. 48 tackles, 150 metres. Kids a workhorse. But uh, probably the saddest thing to come out of this was seeing Matt Ballon, who was already, you know, they, as we said before, I was filthy when you talk about Cherry Evans reneging and I spoke about the club side of things, how they're just as greedy and grubby about it. They tried to pull his deal, which they can't. Uh, but I kind of feel kind of feel that he's got a gun to his head now that he's done his ACL and that Manly will want to have a sit down and chat to him now, possibly out a job or, or something else, saying this will probably end his career. So uh, sad for Matt Ballon, uh, the way that he's probably going to go out. But, uh, yeah. It's a, it's we'll a, see about that. We'll a, see about that, I think. Well, he needs think to play. He, to play. he needs to play 75% of his games next year to get the second year of the deal, which is in Manly's favour. So he's done his ACL, and they don't have to pick him, and they want to do a nick. So he's not going to get the games in the contract. Um, and he's yeah, not, but he'll still, get, he'll still get paid for next year. Yeah, well, I'm sure. But I'm sure they'll want to probably, like I said, try and move him into another department, whether that be PT, because he's got a business or something or other. But... Uh, it's pretty disappointing that if, if this is the way it's ended for such a bloke who's given such good service with doing his ACL. He didn't deserve to go like that at Brookvale, but uh, like you said, they've got the Roosters this week. That's a tough game, very slim chances, but I uh, have to see what kind of attitude they turn up with in the Eels. They play the Sharks at home, hopefully give something for their fans to cheer about at the conclusion of this season. But it wrapped up Monday night. The Storm went down to Newcastle 20-6. to uh, It was all Newcastle. They ran harder. Uh, they tackled exactly the same way. They tackled a lot harder. They were full throttle. They've been playing a lot more direct and aggressive and just full of intent since Badiris took over. He hasn't reinvented the wheel. He's just instilled the basics of football and having to go for your mate, and they're most certainly doing that because there were some really, really big shots last night. And uh, I just like the way they're playing flat over the advantage line, pushing up in numbers. They're not going one out. They're just really, really aggressive over the advantage line with numbers at all times. Yeah, well, Storm, they were outplayed. They lost the physical battle. They couldn't gain any fluency um, in attack, especially. Uh, the Knights, they just ran harder, tackled harder, and did everything with more enthusiasm, I thought. Uh, Craig Bellamy nailed her at half time. Um, and games are, results and games are that simple sometimes. Um, and I thought, crazily, the Knights' halves were more polished. I thought, Tyron Roberts' short kicking game in particular yeah, allowed them to build pressure on Melbourne and uh, just choke them out of the game. I think that's his best game um, so far in the NRL. Like he, I know he's been in great for two or three years and he had a good little run there when Wayne Bennett was there, but I thought as a half and as just a little idiosyncrasies in a game, I thought that's the best best game I've seen him play. Yeah, I had, like I said earlier in the year, I think the Titans are get a decent player. I don't agree with everyone. It's like, it's Robert's fault. I'll tell you what was your fault. Your forward pack stank. They weren't playing with any intent. They weren't playing for the coach. They're all safe. Uh, and then a situation like this happens where a coach gets fired, you get this little streak, and then their contracts are threatened, and all of a sudden everyone's putting in. So uh, I don't know how anyone could just point the finger at Tyron Roberts like they did, but uh, I think he'll relish the opportunity to go to the Gold Coast next year and prove himself with LG and also play with his cousin in James Roberts. So... I think it's probably a good move for him, and I think he might surprise some of the Titans fans. But, yeah, like I said, that'll be interesting to see what happens with him and Ashley Taylor. But I'm on the Melbourne side of things. Simple. The forwards were soft. They were horrible. That's one of the worst 
games I've seen, uh, in particular, even from like a bloke like Bromwich, no one got over 100 metres. They didn't look like they wanted to be there. Um, and, yeah, when your forwards don't want to get physical, uh, you've got no hope. And, yeah, last night there was just a complete and utter lack of intent. Even Will Chambers, he missed five tackles. That's unheard of for a bloke like him on the edge. He's usually so rock solid. Yeah, well, that's just one of those one of those days for the Stormers, wasn't it? Well, that uh, one, the Tigers game, we've blown some easy ones this year. We could have been a lot better off when you well, look you at the those, line. Get those two, get those two points. Yeah, uh, or those two games. We're in the top four. You're in the yeah, you're in the four comfortably. So, so yeah, Melbourne. As I said, it's not the games at the top; it's the games at the bottom that you've got to win. Well, that's what um, Melbourne season is going to reflect four. on. We've we've lost a couple of those that we shouldn't have. So. Uh, there's also one that I can't blame was the last minute loss to the Eels on full time during the origin period but there's a couple of results uh, that would have made a hell of a difference as far as our contention for the top four but that's probably uh, a slim chance now we play the Cowboys this week at home in Newcastle old boys day up there uh, against the Bulldogs if they keep playing the way they are that should be a half decent game between those two so looking forward to that one but that wraps us up mate that's the fast five uh, our questions, the questions from the fans, and the reviews of the games from the weekend. Next, I'll be joined by Mr. Gossip. We'll get all his dirt. We'll do our tips, and I will give you all the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Get the app on your phone or jump on the website. William Hill, it's your call. It's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. And we welcome back Mr. Gossip, mate. It's uh, It wasn't a good weekend for either of us. The Penny Panthers, uh, you know, they proverbially crap the bed and Melbourne Melbourne just didn't turn up. I think they traded places uh, with, with a wooden spoon team the way we played last night. Yeah, it wasn't uh, a good weekend for either of us, but uh, I guess look as a Panthers fan, it was worrying because all the teams sort of below us and above us won, so um, the pressure's on for the wooden spoon, but um, we finished the year with the Knights, and the, this weekend we've got the Raiders, so two games we can win, but um, Wunga Blake's back in the side, so who oh, bloody knows what's going to happen. I bet you're very happy about that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I saw it come on my phone on the way home from work and he threw my phone out the window, to be honest. But, um, you know, got to stay loyal, got to stay passionate, got to believe in the coach and all that rubbish. But, uh, yeah. wow. Well, like I said, I, don't, I, could, I can't remember in any time recently a team that's had such a bad run of injuries over two years and it's not anything to do with all these questions we've had a million times about strength or condition or this and that. They're not soft tissue. They're not overuse. They're just... Uh, it's a collision sport, and sometimes you're unlucky. And unfortunately, that's the way it's fallen for Penrith. Like from Jennings breaking his leg to like Taylor last week goes to make a tackle and just bust his hand. Like how many like unlucky injuries can you get in one year? Yeah, I, well, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm a bit concerned as well. I think Brock could probably answer this better than me. But um, from what I hear, the Panthers don't have the best facilities. Um, they don't have the money, really, uh, say that the Roosters do for their rehabilitation and, and, and tanks and things like that, But um, which could be a concern and perhaps the club could invest more into that side of side of things. But um, as I said, um, Brock might be able to answer that one a bit better than I will. But, um, yeah, well, I think they're, they're in a much better position than what they were, say, when I left there in 2009. Um, obviously, the big thing was the clubs are running them dry. They now have got themselves back in the green and they're started work actually because my depot for my work is near 
uh, the area where they're building that centre of excellence. So I'm pretty sure when that's all done and dusted, uh, you'll find that they'll you know be right up there with the best of them. Yeah, well, fingers crossed, mate. That's the one. Well, what do you got for us, mate? Much cooking? There's not a lot cooking. I guess everything this week's all been a... Uh, congratulations to him, but it's getting, getting a bit sick of it at the moment, to be honest. Front page, back page of everything, so... Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if it's the front page of New Idea next week, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, look, let's start off with probably um, the guy who's probably the most wanted at the moment, that's Moses Embai. I can't see him leaving the Bulldogs, but there is three or four clubs chasing... Uh, I think the only other club that, that may have a realistic sniff is, is possibly the Dragons. Um, he has a good relationship with the Dragons recruitment boss, Peter Mulholland, out there at Wollongong. But look, I, I, I can't see him leaving the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs will not sign the contract with that clause yeah, um, well. about leaving with Desi. And, that, and, and good on the Bulldogs because I think Ambi and his management team were pretty confident they could go in and just demand anything they wanted with the, dra- the Bulldogs. Said, you can have the cash, but you're not having the terms. So um, I think you will stay at, at uh, Belmore, mate. Yeah, well, I'm not really surprised. I had my fingers crossed uh, on the dark side of things that if uh, they couldn't get a deal across the line and he held out that Melbourne might be able to reshuffle things next year. But if he loves Hasler, um, you know, they've given him his opportunity there. If everything, Especially that forward pack, the way he likes to play, I think that's probably the best place for him to play his football. Yeah, oh, no, I agree. All right, mate. Uh, news came through this afternoon. The Roosters have signed the Broncos' young gun, Yaden Nickarimer, Nickarimer, however you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, the Sharks and Storm both went close, but it's a three-year deal. Only a young fella. He can play six, one, seven, or 9, apparently. Um, you seem to be up on all things juniors. What are you rate him? I'm a fan, but again, like for the Roosters, this just is another luxury buy for the fact they've got third parties and excess money. I heard it was in excess of almost 600000 over the three years, 200 apiece for a kid that, um, you know, plays six in the under-20s. Well, they've got Hastings and Pierce, so he's not going to get a run there. You've got Friend, who's basically number two in my eyes as far as number nine's in the comp. Uh, he's not going to get a run there. And then fullback, that's vacant, but Ferguson's probably going to move there, uh, you know, and if not, they've got three kids in their 20s that are actual logistically outside back, so... Uh, it just seems like a bloody a luxury buy, which they seem to do every so often. Yeah, so uh, they seem to have the money when they need it, don't they? The old roosters, the old brown paper bag. Yeah, well, I think uh, I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but my old teammate McCurick, he hasn't re-signed. He might be one of these blokes that unfortunately joins that exodus to England. So if they want to carry a bench utility, I suppose he might fit in there. But uh, they're very, very heavy. Like uh, Hastings, like I said, is in there. This kid Nicarima can play halves and nine. They signed Ryan Madison, who's the junior kangaroo halfback from last year from Para. No idea how Para let him go. And they've still got Samasoni Lungi, who was the 20s player uh, as 5'8", only two years ago, and barely got a run. So they've got about four junior kangaroo and Kiwis in waiting um, that are looking for maybe one spot in their side. So it just seems like a luxury purpose, really. Yeah, good times to be a Roosters fan. Oh, I'd love some third parties. <laughs> to that to that excess, let me to... Yeah, exactly. Mate, you might be able to touch some light on Raiders prop Mark Nichols. Um, look, he's wanted by the Warriors, but likely to stay in Canberra. What do you make of the big unit, mate? Mate, I have not seen a fitter forward uh, in my time down there as far as training is concerned, and just a robot, absolutely emotionless. Like Usually when you do something like that, all the fat boys, we all get together and have a whinge and talk about things to distract each other. That bloke, his emotions never change. I haven't seen a harder trainer. Um, he used to 
just absolutely kill the numbers. He obviously hasn't got as much of a look in in grade. Is that a skill thing? I don't think it is. I think it's mainly, um, you know, a bit of a speed thing in first grade. He's big enough. He makes the tackles, but I suppose his carry is not the greatest. But he's a first grader. Uh, I think he's probably better off somewhere. I think Melbourne was mentioned a couple of weeks ago or somebody like that. Those kind of sides that um, take these players that can't seem to get a run elsewhere and fit him in. But I really doubt he'd move to New Zealand. Yeah, the money is that he'll stay in Canberra. Yeah, I, I, I could, I would be really surprised. He's a Canberra junior. He's a local. If he was going to move anywhere, I think it'd be in Australia or somewhere in Sydney. But I doubt he'd go to New Zealand. And you think the Warriors would have uh, better things to do than look for another prop? But um... they confuse me as well sometimes. Some of their buyers, like the Jonathan Wright one, I know he's getting a bit of a run, but with the amount of kids they've got in their twenties that are outside backs, I'm just like, why bother? And yeah. Matt Allwood's playing his like first game of first grade this weekend. They gave him a three-year deal. Like, what was the point of that? You've got 100 yeah. kids. He was never going to get a run. It's just silly. Yeah, definitely a club that needs a clean-out, that's for sure. Yeah, or a better recruitment manager. I don't know. Sometimes how they, they target positions that they don't have a need for. It just confuses me. Yeah, no, for sure. Interesting one here, mate. Storm signing Matt White uh, from the Titans. The Titans did uh, grant the... A release for his title of his contract, but I'm not sure why I'm laughing. <laughs> I, guess because, I guess because it's the, the Storm Titans connection there, and I'm not a huge fan of Matty White. But uh, mate, your thoughts, the Storm fan? Mate, that's just a typical Dollar Dazzler, isn't it? We love one out of the Dollar Bin. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's saying about he wants to play finals and play down there. That's all well and good, but with the kids we've got, I don't see where he fits either. Again, um, he's probably on minimum wage, and he's uh, a bit of experience to the top 25, but. I think he, he might just be re- replacing Leroy Lars, who I, I was happy for us to take a, a roll of the dice on at minimum wage because if he paid off, he would have been good. But, um, you know, I think he's just a bit of forward depth. You've got Nelson, Sofa Solomona. You've got McLean, uh, Bromwich and the likes there. So I don't think he's going to be part of our front row rotation. He, he'd be lucky to get a couple of games off the bench, I think. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly, mate. Yeah, just a typical dollar dazzler, I think, to fill the top squad because, as we all know, the money's so heavy down there in a, in a few positions. So, um, yeah, that, that's our first and only signing so far for next year. Good time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. All right, mate, last one for the night. Uh, Danny Badiris, um, lovable guy, and he's been saying in the media all week, in fact, he even said today that he is still not interested in the, in the, in the gig, but... I can tell you that the Knights are trying very, very hard to secure Danny. Uh, they've got a lot of people uh, in his ear. Um, even Andrew Johns has um, been spoken about as a possible um, assistant coach to Danny. Um, don't discount it just yet. Even though he's saying he doesn't want it, I wouldn't discount it just yet. Wow. Wouldn't that be bring about the good times? And I mean off the field, not on the field. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bedsy, Joey, oh, Matt Gidley's in the office, Chief Harrigan. <laughs> That's out of control. Uh, I, th- I know, exactly. I've said it. It's, it's kind of hard, you know. There's only so much of a slow burn you get when they go, oh, it's hard not to play for a guy who gave so much of the jersey. But once he's installed as a full-time coach, that little buzz kind of wears off in this temporary thing. Um, could, yep. he, could he keep things up uh, 24 games a year, around the clock, and stay this patient? I don't think so. It's very easy. Well, I can't say it's easy. It's NRL, but it's very easy to come in when the coach is gone, people are playing for contracts, you've got nothing left to play for at the end of the year but pride, and then you've got a kind of a club legend standing in front of you. So uh, I, I don't know if he could do the other aspects of the job. I highly doubt it. There's a lot more to coaching than people think. They don't even really deal with the players so much. That's what you get your assistance for. 
Um, yeah, you were exactly. talking roster recruitment, uh, liaising with the junior uh, the junior side of things, your development officer. You, it's just there's so much more to it that I don't know um, if he's up on it or if they're well enough equipped staff wise right now to hand the job to somebody who hasn't never coached first grade before or has not been at least an assistant or involved in, in, like a Nathan Brown or these kind of guys for several years now. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. In fact, um, it wouldn't be a, a bad thing for perhaps Fitler to have a word in his ears, you know. Yeah. Um, similar thing happened to Brad Fitler a couple of years ago, just rushed into the job and um, we, we all know what happened to Brad. But um, I think Danny has definitely has a future at the club. Oh, 100%. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, personally, I don't think he's, he's... Not that he's not ready, but um, no. I would like to see a, another... Someone else come in, like a Nathan Brown or a Jeff Chibby, whoever they get. Um, and obviously, if that doesn't work, then maybe give Betsy a, a go. But um, the players love him, the coaching staff love him, the board love him. So he's got the gig if he wants it. Yeah, and I think even him, I think he's smart enough to know that from the, like, the way he spoke, that he doesn't want it. I think he's basically... Indicating exactly what I'm saying. There's a lot more to it than uh, just you know a couple of games and his influence and, and simple. He simplified things and it's fantastic. Like football is not a complicated game. If you run hard, tackle hard, that they've been playing fast over the ad line. They push numbers through around the ruck. Um, they've just been playing a lot straighter and aggressive. So that's all well and good. But just that slow burn of 24 rounds, roster management, junior development. Um, he'd have to have a finger in a lot of pies. So maybe if he sits back for a few more years, I'm with you. I'd rather them probably get a Nathan Brown or a Tuvi or... Uh, they've talked about Mick Hagen. Like, I, I don't know exactly how interested he'd be, but if they're going to do a stopgap maybe for a year or two... Uh, I, I, again, I'm not really a big fan, but they're not going to get one of these big fishes that they were talking about as a Bellamy or a Maguire. So, uh, yeah. if I could pick anyone for them right now, I'd pick Nathan Brown. But, again, if I'm Nathan Brown, it's probably a job I don't want unless I'm getting three years in full control. Yeah, well, that, that's true. He, it's not going to be his roster and... Um, I mean, age difference and not that dissimilar are they Brown and, and, and Badiris but obviously they've both got um, different experience in coaching wise but look I've got to say I loved watching Danny last night in the in the shed they had yeah. um, 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 the, you know, the players come up and cuddling him and you, you just don't see that in modern day rugby league these days it was it's refreshing it's, it's great but like you said I, I don't know if it'll last for 24 rounds but um, no it's just the NRL is such a ruthless boiler, and, and again, just that buzz that they've got at the moment. Uh, you know, they're going to have to see him in preseason. They're going to see him every day of the week. He's going to be their harshest critic. It's not going to be this slow burn. Let's do it for Newcastle for five or six weeks. When someone's in front of you day in day out for the whole year, it's yeah that that little kind of setup they got going at the moment that that won't work for a whole year in the NRL. And then there's just so many more aspects to it that I just can't see working just yet. And I think he's smart enough. Uh, hence why he's indicating he doesn't want the job just yet. Yeah, for sure. I tell you what, I'm looking looking forward to get, uh, getting into these tips because I'd love to know what the Knights are playing. It's old boys' day. Oh, mate. Um, <laughs> against the Bulldogs, they're at home, they're coming off a win. Well, um, yeah. They're the fourth game, so we don't have to wait too long. But speaking of those tips and the odds we're going to give to you, they're brought to you by WilliamHill.com. It's your call. Get the mobile app. Go onto the website and keep your eyes posted every weekend. The great people from William Hill, they give us free bets to give away for you guys with the pick-to-score competitions. Obviously, we put them up on Gossip's page there, NRL Gossip. Uh, so, you know, get a bit of a broad audience there and gives you a chance to win $100 to bet thanks to these champions. But the first game is the third... Oh, sorry, last week, mate. You got four, I got five. Um, that was the South Dogs game. You went South, I went the Doggies. So I'm on 106. 
You're on 103. We've got a couple of weeks left plus finals. The whip's got to get cracking, mate. It's game on. Yep. But uh, the first game, Thursday night, South versus the Broncos. No Greg Inglis. Uh, they've got Glenn Stewart back in the starting lineup. The Broncos, they've named pretty much a full-strength side. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Broncos, even though they're travelling up here. Uh, no GI is a massive loss, but I'm just, yeah, even with Isaac Luke back, I'm just not convinced by South. So I said last week a few fans ripped me, but after one game, you can't jump on a bandwagon, and they, they fell straight back in a heap, so I'm going to back the Broncos. Yeah, I'm going to the Broncos. The Rubberos have been disappointing. Uh, flashes of what we saw last year, but definitely not, nothing that uh, warrants the saying that they're back the bunnies and, and without GI. Um, yeah, well, I don't think I don't give them much chance at all. And I, was, I was quite critical of the way GI played um, last week against the Bulldogs, but um, looking back on it, he was obviously carrying an injury. But um, yeah, I uh, can't go the bunnies, go the Broncos. Yep, well, they agree with us at William Hill, South Sydney, $2.25. The Broncos, $1.65, minus 3.5 is the line there. Uh, I don't think it'll be a smash-up. I think we're looking at the 1-12 to market. The Broncos, three fifteen, South, three ninety-five. But Friday night, Manly, they're mathematically still a chance. They need the Dragons to lose a game. I don't know how they're going to turn up for this one. Uh, you know, they've lost Matt Ballon. That's a sad way for him to go. And that will probably see the end of him now. I think we talked about the how filthy we were about them attempting to renege, but I think he might go back to the table now and discuss a job or something else, seeing, um, you know, he's done his ACL. But, you know, the Roosters, they do look a bit weaker on paper here, but I'm, I'm still going to back them. I, I don't know why it's at Brookvale. Man, they usually play pretty well against them, but uh, I'm going to stick with the Chooks. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Chooks as well. I can't sit Manly uh, Ballard. Is a big loss, and um, I tell you, Matt Bowen wouldn't be uh, a bad signing probably for Parramatta. He might head over with four on the para, who knows? But, um, but look, um, yeah, I, I, after last week, how can you tip Manly? Yeah, mate, and I, I'm surprised and disappointed again they didn't pick Jaden Hodges. I, I think he's one of these ones I was told, I uh, got the tap on the shoulder. I watch him in New South Wales Cup, he absolutely shreds it. A few people are being critical of his defence. Uh, in NRL, I haven't seen uh, you know what they're talking about. They're, they're speaking like he can't tackle. I see the bloke throw himself in front of people, and, he, and he's dynamic out of dummy half. So uh, I, I don't know what the go is there. He, he really must be on the outer if Leary is playing at nine because he's he's a good player, but he's a makeshift nine. So um, that, that quite surprises me. But Saturday kicks off the first of the three games is the Eels. Oh, sorry, the odds for that one are even. Sorry, Manly and the Roosters a dollar ninety one apiece. So. Uh, the bookies at William Hill can't split them. I'd probably stick with the Roosters, but multi-value here with a 12.5 start. They're both $1.25. But Saturday, Parramatta at home to the Cronulla Sharks. Parramatta were very good, but I can't trust them two weeks in a row. I'll stick with the Sharks, who have got a chance of still making the top four. Yeah, Parramatta, they just don't win two games in a row. They can definitely beat a side on that day, but consistency has been their problem for the last five years, and I don't think they'll win back-to-back this week. I think the Sharks, Sharks are which are good for them. And they agree with us at William Hill. Parramatta are two forty-five. Cronulla, $1.55. Minus 4.5 is the line. Uh, again, I, I don't know about a 13-plus here. The Sharks did impress me on the weekend, but uh, I like them 1-12. to They're 3.15. If you like Para uh, with 1-12, to you get 4.05. And if you like them with a 12.5 start, if you think it'll be a tight one, a dollar forty there for some multi-value. But Newcastle, mate, the one you were touching on versus the Bulldogs, they always fire up for old boys' day. They've got an old boy coaching them. Joey Johns, everyone's going to be up there. 
I thought about tipping them, but I really like the look of the Bulldogs last week. And again, I honestly think they can grab that top four spot after looking at the draw of those four teams that are competing. So I'm going to stick with the dogs here, but uh, it, nothing would surprise me, especially on Old Boys Day. Yeah, I'm tipping the Knights. Um, I tell you what, I wouldn't like to be the Bulldogs going up to Newcastle. Um, as I said before, coming off a win, Newcastle, the town is buzzing. I know they can't make the finals. They're well, well away from that. But um, we're starting to see some smiles in Newcastle. And, um, yeah, wow, as you said, the big boys will be there. So go the Knights. What are they paying, son? Mate, this is the one for you. William Hill offering fantastic odds for Newcastle on Old Boys Day. $3.55 if you want to have a crack at that. Uh, the Doggies, thirty. You get nine and a half start on Newcastle. So things looking good, mate. Grab that. The one to twelve, yeah, you get five dollars, and if you want it in a multi with a twelve and a half start, you get a buck sixty-five. So I like the start. I tell you that much. I don't see him getting beat thirteen plus. No, that won't happen. But uh, um, yeah, yeah, wow. I'm, I'm usually a ten or a twenty dollar multi every week. That dollar sixty-five, that's going straight in my multi. That'll be the first leg of it. Yeah, I tell you what, it'd be good to uh, watching Hodgkinson play um, up in Newcastle. Uh, obviously, night fans will be watching him pretty closely. Yeah, and there's no doubt about that, and he'll get a feel for his new home. What a fantastic environment, old boys' days. But Saturday closes with the Melbourne Storm versus the Cowboys. Melbourne last week, they couldn't have fought their way out of a wet paper bag. Um, I've never seen the Ford Pack put in such a soft effort. No one over 100 metres. Um, yeah, I was absolutely filthy last night. And the Cowboys, they were down 16-0. They lost Morgan, they lost Tarmow, and then they scored 50 unanswered points on a left edge of the Warriors that... I don't know what they were doing. The, the, the Cowboys literally just went through the hands every time and scored eight tries basically on that left-hand edge. It was disgusting. So um, at home, I'm going to back Melbourne. I have no idea why. I want to uppercut myself. When I looked at it on paper, I didn't see Morgan's name. Uh, Brock disagreed with me. He doesn't think he's such a big loss, but I disagree. Thompson and Louis can't do the same job. They're both stirred, steady, but I think Thurston's going to go back to old-school JT where he feels like he has to do everything. Um, and then there's no time out for this week either. Matt Scott's still battling that degenerative neck injury. Yeah, he's playing well, but uh, I think they'll feel the pinch a little bit this week. And I expect Craig Bellamy to have absolutely blasted them this week and expect much better. Um, we're slim hopes for the top four, but there's still a chance. So uh, I'm going to go the Storm. Yeah, and look, as you said, coming off a loss, Bellamy will have his troops ready. And geez, if the Storm do lose this one, they're at home, then you'd really... You'd have to say there's absolutely no chance of anything this year, to be honest. But, um, look, I'm going to go the Cowboys in a golden point. Mate, I don't blame you for going them. I really wanted to. Uh, Melbourne are favourites at home, though. seventy with William Hill. The Cowboys, $2.15. The line is minus 2.5. I like the 1-12 to market again. $3.25 for the Storm, or $3.85 for the Cowboys. Uh, the 12 and a half start, I'll probably chuck this one in there. The Cowboys are buck 32, so a bit of value. Got to get in nice and early. Sunday, this one, flip a coin, uh, pull a name out of a hat. God knows what you're going to do. It's the Tigers versus the Warriors. They've both been as bad as one another the last couple of weeks. The Warriors probably worse. Um, I have no idea how we're supposed to tip this one, mate, but I'm going to pick the Tigers just because last week, like seriously, how can you be up 16-0 then cop 50 unanswered? That's yeah. it's uh, insane, and they've got to travel, so that's probably enough to push me over the line for tipping the Tigers. Yeah, I think if you look at it over the past five weeks and put all the form together, the Tigers um, are in, in better shape than the Warriors. Put it that way. Um, so I'm going to go the Tigers as well. The Warriors this is embarrassing. 
It really was. It, was, no, it wasn't a first-grade performance. It was. There was a lot of players out there that, that really have to question their desire or their professionalism. It's, um, it's a real worry. Oh, 100%. And, uh, they're talking about McFadden getting fired. You can't blame him for what's going on. Uh, this is just a complete... It's just a quit. It's, it, they've blamed the coaches. They've fired five in a row. So it's definitely not the coaches. Yeah. It's the players. And uh, next year, we've already mentioned 100 times, but Johnson, Luke... Sheck, and they've already got internationals galore on their side. Anything but top four next year uh, is a disappointment, and they really need to have a hard look at themselves if they if they don't do better. But yeah, very disappointing year. The bookies agree with this. I thought this one might be closer, but William Hill definitely agrees. The Tigers are dollar forty seven. New Zealand Warriors two dollars seventy minus six and a half is the line. Uh, if you like the start there, you get twelve and a half start for the Warriors at dollar forty eight. But I like one to twelve for the Tigers at three dollars ten. Sunday, the Titans at home. They're going to play the Dragons. The Dragons definitely need to keep, uh, you know, get the whips cracking before finals time. They're still not playing that well, but uh, the Titans were tough last week. I can't tip them, uh, especially because I want them to get the wooden spoon, so I win my bet. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the Dragons. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Dragons as well. Um, they've got more to play for. They uh, weren't very impressive uh, against Penrith, who played really poorly against them last Thursday night, but um, yeah, you've got to go to the Dragons, as I said, more to play for. Yeah, 100%. And a forty-seven favourite, the Dragons are with William Hill. The Gold Coast, $2.70. The line, minus 6.5. Yeah, again, they don't really score points too well, so 1-12, $3.10 there if you like the Dragons. If you like the upset, the Gold Coast Titans, $4.30. But the round closes out. It's your mob travelling down to uh, sunny old Canberra on a Monday night. That'll be nice and cold for them. Uh, the Raiders were absolutely horrible last week. They looked like they quit on their season. The, the Pennies can't take a trick. They've lost Taylor now and a bit of a reshuffle. As you said, Wunga Blake back in. Yo moving to lock. Uh, I'm going to back Canberra just because they should be better in these conditions and they've still got a better side. Uh, and Penrith's got all these injuries. But my God, if they play anything like they did against the Titans, Penrith should dust them by 13+. plus. Yeah, I'm going to tip the Raiders. I can't tip Penrith. Um, they just... It's a haphazard side at the moment, stuck together with all the injuries. But, um, you know, I hate to sound like a broken record, but if you can, send some direct traffic at Wunga Blake and you've got this one. <laughs> uh, well, probably the best thing for them, Joey Leilua's brain snaps are not there this week. Uh, a couple of errors and a shoulder charge after it just got banned. Good one, Joey. Got himself uh, <laughs> two weeks off and the rest of the season. But William Hill have Canberra favourites at home. $1.57, $2.40 for the Panthers. Minus four is the line uh, crossed again, 1-12 to 12 market. I can't see either of these sides blowing each other away, really, but $3.10 if you like the Raiders, 4 5 if you like the Panthers. But that wraps us up there. Those odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. It's your call. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure it's with WilliamHill.com. Keep your eyes peeled for our pick-the-score competitions up on the NRL Gossip page. Thanks to Mr. Gossip for your chance from us and William Hill to win a $100 free bet. There's four every weekend, and a big thanks to them for our charity bets. We're almost up to $2,000 this year for a very worthy cause in the New South Wales and ACT Guide Dogs Association. So, um, yeah, great cause there. In the last two years, the Starlight Foundation, if you want to donate to them, or the Shepherd Centre, they're all good causes that we've given money to, thanks to William Hill. Gossip, she's done, mate. Only two weeks left of suffering. Um, I really I really hope they get a win for you. It's been a terrible year with injuries, but fingers crossed. Well, fingers crossed, mate. It's good enough. I've got a, got a few differences here this week, so if I can catch up with the tips. 
that's it, mate. Let's let's see what happens. What have we got? We've got uh, Knights and Dogs, Cowboys and Storm. So there's two different there. If you can jag them, you're back within one. Beautiful. That'll happen. It's going to oh, I don't doubt it, mate. I don't doubt it at all. Have a good one, champion. You too, mate. Thank you. A big thanks, as always, goes to Mr. Gossip. If you want to catch up with him, his Twitter handle is at NRL Gossip, and his Facebook page, obviously, is NRL Gossip. Thank you to William Hill again for their charity bets and for the Pick the Score competitions for your chance to win a free $100 bet. Thanks to WilliamHill.com. It's your call. And if you want a bit of help on the punt, get up our friends, the NRL Profits, because if you're tired of constantly losing money to the bookies, it's time you join the NRL Profits. Over 70 units of profit in season 2014. The service includes quality betting recommendations for the NRL and the Super League. The NRL Profits has a special offer to all our listeners. It's a 10% discount off the Access All Profits packages. So visit nrlprofits.com forward slash fifth and last to take advantage and profit with the profits. But that wraps us up for another week. You got the reviews of the games from the weekend, the Fast Five, how yeah, we answered your questions on the forum, Mr. Gossip, all the tips and the odds thanks to WilliamHill.com. The only thing left to do is enjoy round 25. We're on the doorstep of the finals. Who's going to get that last top four spot? Can Manly somehow slide in if the Dragons slip up? And who's going to get the dreaded wooden spoon? Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.